I do like innies better than outies. I mean, who would? Oh my God! Speaking of innies and outies, okay, so hold on. Are we just gonna lead off the show with belly button talk? Well, hold on. We um, can. Our sounds okay. Is your sound good? Uh, yeah. Yeah, everything's everything is muy bueno okay. over here. I think I'm good. Very good. I think in I'm good Spanish. too. Okay. Um, have you seen uh, Severance? Severance? Yes. KS. KS. Oh, dude. What is I'm this? So, is it a movie? A show? I'm, I'm happy and sad you said that. I'm happy because you're going to be so... You're going to love this show. You're going to love this show. And I'm sad because you haven't heard of it yet. But it's okay. Not a lot of people have. It's on Apple Plus. And... God, you know how I don't do well with actors' names? Yeah, Let me I look do. it up. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, okay, here. It's uh, the uh, Adam Scott. Who's oh, done yeah. a lot of like comedy stuff is, yeah, like is the lead. Okay. Um, and then uh, you know John uh, Turturro. John Turturro. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, in the, it. The Jesus. Yeah. We're gonna <laughs> fuck you up, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, he's in it. All right. So here's the concept, and I'm not gonna ruin anything. I know you like to go in fresh, but the concept is there is a procedure you can get done to quote sever your normal everyday conscience and your working conscience. So what happens is you go to work every day at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever. Person. And essentially immediately it's five o'clock, you're done with work. Oh, that's so you amazing. you like go down in the elevator. Yeah, exactly. So the whole show is about what happens to the severed self. It's wildly entertaining. Okay. And I got this recommendation amongst dozens of recommendations. You know how it is. Everyone always I wants do. you to watch a show. They say, have you seen this? Have you seen this? seen this? Yep. this? This cut through, and I'm telling you, man, you are going to... So it's a show? It's a it's series? It's a show. It's on Apple Plus, and it's only one season, nice. nine episodes so far. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm sure, you know, it's going to go 30 on. 30-minute or 60-minute episodes? Like 45 minutes to an hour. It just varies. Okay. It, it, it's, it's kind okay. of a little, uh, yeah, it. Per, yeah, a little, little different. So there you go. A little recommendation. But uh, season one, rating, review, I will give it, uh, I will give it 94.6. Severed consciousness. Well, I want to be careful here. Elev- uh, uh, severed chips. Chip, just chips. Chips? Yeah, the severed chip. Yeah, a little chip. Oh, like Those a brain, brain chip. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you're going poker chip, potato mm, chip. Potato chip. I am hungry, but no, uh, severed uh, chips. So, okay. 94.6. I'm into it. That's cool. Yeah. I haven't really been Very watching good. a lot of TV lately, and what I do, I have this really bad habit of, instead of starting something new, I just rewatch something I've seen dozens of times, well, right? Look, look, I love doing that too. Yeah, but like- rotation. It's like a, it's like six different shows, and 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 they're usually like dramatic series or something. What are your like go-to that. shows? Hey, by the way, my dog Layla, our mascot, she's in the studio. Shout right? out Layla. Yeah, Layla, she's Layla uh, is here, our live Layla's mascot. Here. I'm gonna get her uh, a little more set up. So I'm listening to you. Yeah. Tell me the six. I'm listening. I'm gonna get her set up. So it's always Game of Thrones. That's always in the mix, which is an, an, a show that I will, uh, I will always be upset with you for not watching forever and ever. Um, it's it's probably my favorite show of all time. Uh, I've rewatched it multiple times, and I, I still enjoy rewatching it. Um, I love House of Cards. Did you ever watch that on Netflix? Is that with uh, James? No, uh, Kevin Spacey and I was gonna say James, Spader. James Spader. Same thing. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yes. Now look, he's canceled. Very bad guy. Great show, especially the first few ep- uh, first few seasons are like some of the best TV ever made, in my opinion. Uh, love that show. Uh, especially if you even if you have like a remote interest 
in politics. It just makes the show very interesting because, of course, it's like a political okay. show. It takes place in D.C. Okay. Um, he starts like a congressman. In D.C., like, like the D.C. comic universe? or uh... Yeah, exactly. The Washington, D.C. universe uh, of <laughs> okay. superheroes, um, of which all congressmen and, and representatives are. They're superheroes. Um, well, of course, I definitely of course, believe that. William. Um, I love... Uh, True Detective, the first season, have rewatched that multiple times. Another True great, Detective, another great HBO See, show. I, I like False Detective on uh, Showtime. Do you like those kind of shows though, like police detective shows where they're solving mysteries and such? But so, a little so, less childish than uh, than Scooby Doo, though. I mean, I never really watched any of those shows. Oh man, I, that, I, that's probably my favorite know, genre. I got into CSI Miami. See, you know, that's years different ago. genre. I know that I know it's a detective show, but that's like cheesy TV cop drama where it's like oh we right, busted the right. guy in 60 minutes like i mean like uh what do you i need to cover much this more case like the mayor's serious, much more like serious kind of dark type shit is, no is what no, this would fall you, under you know me my I, I go into some weird avenues anyway by myself sure. i only well i pretty much ex- exclusively watch uh comedies yeah, you're an you're an uppers kind of guy. I'm an you like a nice guy. upper. Yeah, I, I when you, I love when you say you have your rotation, my rotation is Seinfeld. Sure, always sunny in Philadelphia. See, but I get tired if I, if I watch like three episodes in a row. Of that a lot of times I'm like, cool. I don't have to do that again for two weeks. Like I get bored. I get tired of of just the same like stuff when it comes to comedy. Right. Um. I, I need like fresh. But to me, it's more of a it's more of a a comfort feel. Yeah, it's yeah. a safety blanket. Plus. It's really useful because I dominate usually when it comes to trivia. Like when, when there's a local sure. Seinfeld trivia night or, yeah. or, or what it may be. Uh, didn't you... Uh did you come to Always Sunny? No, you did not invite me. No, no yes, I, I did. No, I, 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 I'm joking. What you did is you called me and you gave me a very... This is a, And I respect you for this. You said, hey, I know that you know the first like five or six seasons of Always Sunny really well. Have you watched the rest? And I was like, no. And you're like, okay, you can't come. Oh, is that what I said? <laughs> but I respect that because you want to win trivia yeah, and I would have yeah. been a liability. You know how competitive I yeah, am. If, I'm if so well, look. If it I, was I, trivia I, for the first five you know, seasons, then hell yes, I'm, I'm sorry in. for the harshness of that. No, man, I really I, do apologize. I'm, I'm telling you, I respect it. But it I'm paid off because we came, well, we came in second place that night. We didn't win first, which was disappointing. And I but, would have uh, probably put you into third. So, you know, <laughs> but we, won, we came in second place. I'm night, glad so. that's the case. Yeah. Um, but, well, uh, listen, dude, uh, It's it's now... We're we're through the the Christmas the holiday season. We have New Year's coming up. We are. We're reaching the end of 2022, and we're we're getting it's ready sad. for 2023. It is sad, but it's you know New Year's, new resolutions, all that fun stuff, and we're finally getting into the meat of the really good bowl games, Tyler, and and the key matchups. The playoffs are approaching on Saturday. I'm so excited. I can't wait oh, to yeah. see these big matchups. Oh yeah, no, there there's some huge games. This is going to be our our. Biggest pod. We have sixteen games to break down. Don't 16 we? Sixteen games. It's Fifteen or sixteen, like right around there. Somewhere. I mean, I it's right me. in the sweet spot. But yeah, yeah, we have a lot of games to break down. We're going to be getting into that very quickly. And uh, and Tyler has a three game bet board victory through through the bowl games. Now we're recording this. Oh, wait, of course, uh, uh, on Ryan, the Ryan's gone. Big guy's gone. He'll That's be back right. next no week. No producer Smith. Well, hopefully he'll be he's here back next week. week. We're, we're not so sure. He may be on the IR. We'll we'll see about that. Okay. But uh, here, I, I, which means obviously. I'm in the seat where the buttons are. Tower's got buttons. Look out. Look out, people. Three-game lead, baby. Three-game lead. Oh, the applause was for you. I Wait, see. Is that, a, is that quiet? Is that applause it's a little quiet, quiet, but it's okay. It's pleasant. It was a pleasant. It was like people applauding, and we're backstage. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's, more, that's more appropriate for what the audience thinks. You've got the three-game lead. Yes. However, we have bowl games live, what, today, tonight? Today's 28th. We do. And so we you, have bet board games still. But you know what I could do to be a complete... 
butthole, right? Sure. Is I could, every game you do, I could just go with you and end the season with the bedboard victory. Yeah, but we know that you won't do that. You know I'm not going to do no that. there's no way if I lay a square bet, you're going to go with it. And you know I care way too much about my overall record to sure. do something like that. Exactly. We're giving, we're, I'm counting However, things However, I might be willing to make a stray bet here and there to go opposite <laughs> of you. Because my record isn't <laughs> as important. My my uh, reputation isn't staked on it. Oh, well. However, we have the Arkansas-Kansas game, which... Uh, is going to kick off here in about 30 minutes. Yeah. We've got the Tax Act Texas Bowl, Ole Miss versus uh, Texas Tech tonight. Both of those are bet board games. So this could be very different here in about another six hours where yeah. potentially you could have a one-game bet board lead, you could have a five-game bet board lead, or we could be stuck you know, right at, at, at three still. And so... I need Arkansas to come yeah, through. Yeah, you, you need a huge let's turn. Be honest. You need to go th- like let's say we have. I five got backdoored games. hard by by Houston, and let's say we have five games. I mean, you, you have to win. I have to win all. You of have them. to pretty much go four and one because but even though we're breaking down like fifteen games, the chances of there being five or six bet board games uh, is maybe not that great. Right. We'll I mean, see. Yeah, the bet we'll board see. again for the we have had four show. or five in one show. I think that's yeah, like we a, have, a we've had we many have. four, but I think five might be our record yeah. as and far as bet board games. For those new, the bet board is our uh, best bets that go against each other. Yeah, so. shout out newbies, all the noobs out there. Newbies. I mean, uh, honestly, show for any show we do during the year, what noobies are probably going to be on this one yeah of we're talking course. about They're, the playoffs they want to know they want to know how to bet the and for those listening uh tyler of course is a professional better so you're probably smarter to go with his picks but that being <laughs> said it's been a it's been a heated race this year on the bet board it has i'm only up three but i, I wish i had the records in front of me stay tuned we're gonna wrap stuff up uh next week of course well, whenever uh, yeah. soon with soon the records. we're getting we're approaching the We've end been, of the season yeah, which it's is been a sad. hugely profitable season very profitable so, yes we've profited greatly billions <laughs> one of us say. has one of yeah. us has <laughs> one of us definitely has no maybe i just secretly take all your bets you know that's to, what you when, should be doing when i go to the counter yeah no way i stand behind my bets tower it happens mm-hmm. um now i believe you had a uh, a game i mean we're, we're gonna touch on some uh some college football news and notes i've got a quick game look sometimes we like to bring stuff i had something quick okay kind of a rapid fire a quick, game yeah drive it's, through it's a shout out to one of the episodes i watched recently you know okay. i do uh, episodes for holidays and the holiday season of course october every october night my fiance uh, my fiance and i watch a halloween episode yep every night in november it's uh, thanksgiving and then december it's uh, Christmas. And it, this, you know, pretty much all the TV shows we watch, you can find uh, enough episodes for that. So, this is a shout out to Dwight Christmas. You like The Office, right? I do like The okay. Office. Okay. Have you ever seen uh, Dwight Christmas? I don't think so. Okay. So, there's something they do impish or admirable. Okay. Interesting. It's easy. It's like good or bad for, you know, sure. normal people who aren't Dwight. So, impish means uh, uh, bad, admirable means good. So, I have this is Coach's Edition. Okay. So I've got four coaches for you. Impish or admirable? Let me know if they're getting something or not. Okay. okay. Love it. Brett Venables. Admirable. He just got extended. He's done a great job at uh, Illinois. Um, I do think he's a little bit of a uh, toddler throwing tantrums when it comes to his comments about the refs sometimes. But um, so he's perfect for the fan base. I mean, yeah. Look, he's he is perfect. He's like he will bitch and whine about about referees and games he loses and not mention it in games he wins. Whatever. Um, but the, you can't deny he's done an amazing job turning around Illinois really quickly, and they're a very tough team. Uh, they, they played a lot of good teams very tough this year, so I'm going to go admirable. Uh, <clears throat> Dabo Sweeney. Hmm. Impish or admirable? 
I mean, it's tough. Look, I think that if you just read what he says, his snippets and his quotes that come out in the media, it's easy to throw the impish his way. But like, even though it's been a bad year for Clemson, I think they now have like 10 straight years with, with 10 wins. They won the ACC seven out of eight years. Yeah, they're not in the playoffs, but they just pulled in a good recruiting class. I actually think he's he's going to keep things together there. I will go admirable. Is it weird to say that next year is kind of a make or break year for Dabo? Make or break how? Like make the playoffs make no, or make break? No, make or break for... Well, that's, a, that's, that's right. I should define that. If Clemson doesn't make the playoffs next year, are they completely out of the conversation of being an elite uh, team um, and program? I mean, I don't know. Look, I think they're. I think they've already worked themselves out of the conversation that like uh, Alabama and now Georgia and kind of where Ohio State have worked themselves in as far as like elite programs. Um, they've kind of worked themselves out of it the last couple of years, but even still, like by any other standard, they're crushing it. In, in college football year after year. Um, so, yeah, I think next year they need to make the playoffs for Clemson to return to what we where he was, where he had them. But I don't think by any means they're like not going to be a good program or anything like that. All right, uh, Nick Saban, impish or admirable? Impish or admirable? Uh, only impish because of his height. Okay, Matt yes. Brown, impish or admirable? Uh, admirable for losing a lot of weight. Am I right, <laughs> Tyler? Oh, Mac Brown is such a little tubs. I love him, though. He's like Santa. He's like jolly. He does. If he had a beard and long hair, he'd be a perfect oh, Santa. No he'd, be, he'd be a great uh, mall Santa. No kidding. Okay. And so that that's my quick game I have. And then impromptu quickly. Yep. I had a Domino's last night. So you Domino's know that pizza? you- Domino's pizza? Domino's pizza, yeah. You know, usually when it comes to like, like a chain pizza, I go Papa John's. But mm. here's why I'm mixing it up. Papa John's recently- has at least in my local area in in uh, in the burbs of Denver where I live. Yes, they've mixed it up to where their delivery drivers are no longer in house. They've outsourced it to guess who? Fucking DoorDash. Oh, of course. So the last two times they've delivered. Well, wait. Are you sure they do that, or did you just like go to Google? Like, no. do they no longer have delivery drivers? Yeah. They employ themselves. So here's what happened: is I ordered like I always do on the app, and everything was perfect up until. It left the store mm-hmm. and it said your food is on the way and it's being delivered by a DoorDash driver. Oh, yeah. I hate that shit. And so I, I, I immediately thought, oh, no. And guess what? They ate a it slice of pizza. It shows up 15 minutes late yep. and they Cold. left it out in the snow yep. without ringing the doorbell. Yeah. They didn't ring I the doorbell. Hate, and I hate. So I have I'm such going, major beef with all these delivery services that yes, are not associated with the restaurant. Yes. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I was so pissed, dude. So I was like, this is enough. I can't stand this. And so I'm not going Papa Jones anymore for that very reason. So they you lost. went Domino's. So we went Domino's because they have their own drivers interesting and it was a really good papa let me tell you i was impressed because i had dominoes in a long time it was really delicious i liked it i I consider like birthday party pizza no 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 i think it was better than that but here's the thing you gotta get extra sauce and but here's the here's the only downside Mm -hmm. the 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 crust was so covered in this like buttery, garlicky Sounds thing, amazing. it it was amazing. I love buttery garlic. I love stuff, butter and but garlic. But it was way too over the top. My hand after you eat one slice of pizza. Cr- did you like, get like a stuffed crust version? No, or this no, was this standard. was the normal standard pizza. That's mm, my thing. Mm. Is your hand shouldn't need to be deep washed. I couldn't touch anything. It was almost messier than wings. Interesting. This pizza. So yeah, that sounds off. Yeah. So so quick, off. quick impromptu. Give me some rank. Give me a ranking here. 
uh, of pizza chains. So we got your Domino's, your Pizza Hut, your uh, Papa John's, mm-hmm. C- Little Caesars. Oh man, what else is na- what else is national? Am I missing anything? Is like Jets Pizza national or is that not? Uh, Marco's is pretty national. Marco's, Marco's is a good one. Uh, let's do that. Top five with Marco's in there. Okay, so um, your rankings. Little rank- Caesars is is so far at the bottom. It's disgusting. Little Caesars is disgusting pizza. And so is Pizza Hut, in my opinion, but uh, slightly better than. So I'm going five Did is Little you know, Caesars. Though? Never order. Pizza Hut is four. Emergency only. In the South, Pizza Hut is one of the more popular ones. Things yeah, change, like when you get just, down there. Ugh, I'm not a fan, but again, they're ahead of Little Caesars. Uh, then I would go three would be Domino's, two would be Papa John's, one would be Marco's. That's how I would rank those. Marco's number one. I like, yeah, I think Marco's out of like chain pizzas. I'm, I'm not really a big chain pizza guy. Again, it's all kind of birthday party pizza to me. Yeah. I like finding like a local pizza place with like a guy. His name is Tony. You know, Marco's, Marco's uh, was a sponsor of a Woos Media podcast four years ago. Oh, three really? years ago. Yeah, I, I like Marco's. It's solid. Yeah, Marco's. Shout I out. Like the, it was Shout the out Marco. Oklahoma chain. Friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Marco's friend pizza. of the show. And that's Marco. not why he put him number one, right? <laughs> that's People right. are going to say conspiracy. No, now. I didn't. You just informed me. I did. So uh, yes. that's how I would rank them. Yes. Okay, there you go. That, that's all I got. Now, speaking of food rankings, while we're just on the subject, yes. yesterday I had a meal at a chain restaurant. Um, What's the chain? Or am I going to guess the chain? No, I, I don't think you'll guess it, but I want to like preface some things first. Okay. You should give me three clues in, in the audience, and I'll try and guess where you went. It's like a sit-down chain restaurant, okay. right? Um, what kind of food? Like like genre? Like burgers and okay. uh, mostly burgers, but they have other things Do there. Do they have like, margaritas? Uh, I don't think so. No, I mean okay. they might, but like it's more of like a like a burgery. It's kind of it's like bar food. I'm gonna kind go of. Red Robin. Yes, that's exactly oh! what it is. Yes, <laughs> nice guess. Hold on. But there's gotta <laughs> be a button, a button for that. <laughs> we got a bedboard button now. That's I it. hadn't been to Red Robin. I mean, it, it seriously has been. It, it had been at least ten years, maybe more. Honestly, well, it might have been like fifteen. I'm years. I'm gonna tell you if you did it right because I've gone a couple times recently mm-hmm. on a whim. Allie and I have, and I'll tell you if you're doing it right or wrong. So. We went, we were like looking for burgers. We were in the burbs. We didn't have a lot of options for like what I would like prefer kind that's of how it goes space. down here, Will. I'm yes, sorry. You're in the city burbs. boy. I'm, I'm a know, city hipster. I know. That's how it goes um, down here. And so I was like, let's go to Red Robin. I always remember they had really good burgers. Uh, my memories of Red Robin were like, yeah, it's a chain restaurant, but like they had, they had solid food, good burgers. Right. And we get there and I, I like, this is where I'm torn. I don't know if. If Red Robin has dropped in quality since I was young, or oh, if I no. am just remembering it better because I was young. Right. Because here's the truth. We get in there. Like, I remember they used to have things like like glasses made of glass, not like plastic, disgusting ones that you'd get, you know, and like that have smudges all over them. And sure. they're like, like all of our cups came in plastic cups, like shitty. Like this was like, it, it, I would put this on the level of like a TGI Fridays. Like it was a bad experience. Ooh, okay. The food was bad. All of our. So what'd you order? I just ordered a burger. I ordered okay. like the, like the Red Robin special burger. So here's where you went wrong. Is you didn't order one of three things on the menu because most things suck now at Red Robin. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, you go there. You Even their steak very... fries were like flimsy. Whereas, like I remember as a kid, their steak fries that's were like why, amazing. Will that's why you got to do do a couple things. So first off, did anyone with you get the barbecue or excuse me, buffalo 
covered wings. No. We, it was all burgers that were ordered. So that's what you got to do. You go to Red Robin. Do they actually have eat, good wings? Well, they're not wings. They're they're uh, like chicken strips that are tossed. Oh, okay. And they're called the Buzz Clucks. The so Buzz I'm a fan Clucks. of the Buzz Clucks. <laughs> I think they're actually delicious. Okay. But you also got to get the fries well done. So Buzz Clucks with the fries. That would have been good to know. Yeah. Well, because the fries were flimsy. Right. And steak flimsy, fries yeah. need to be crispy. They're no good. So so you get the Buzz Clucks. Oh, I wish fries I had well asked done, you. And they got great shakes. Yeah. Okay. Now here's a funny story. So I was there with the family. Uh, we sit down. My dad orders. He wants like a burger, but not really. Kind of wants a salad. So he he asked the waiter. He goes, you know, uh, can I get this salad? And then like, do you have like a kids burger? So I, did the I waiter know what he's doing, or is he just throwing shit out there? Not listen. Knowing anything? Listen to what the waiter said. This is I'm not making this shit up. My dad orders like a Cobb salad, and he asked for like the kids cheeseburger uh, as well. And the guy, and he, and he goes, okay, you want like, uh, you want those both? And he goes, yes. And he goes, and the, the waiter goes, do you want me to put the burger in the salad? <laughs> I'm not, I am not fucking joking. Hand to God, this is a real thing that was said. And my dad is like, no, on the side is fine. Thank you. And then the, this poor kid left and we were like, what the fuck was that? So yeah, it was just a bad experience. But I, my, I really believe that their quality uh, has dropped and it used to be more solid than it is now. Oh, that's hysterical. Like it was, it was not, it was not great. So well, that reminds me of the, the Michael Scott office. Do you want the salad in the spaghetti? Do you want it on top? No, guys, no, put it on top. What, yeah. What's the line? Or I don't remember, it? but, yeah. but it, I mean, it was that bad. Yeah, like, yeah, no, so make me a funny. salad and put it kids cheeseburger Dude, in that's it, hysterical please. like it was ridiculous so oh, uh i'm never going back to red robin that's what i decided i'm done they're they're off they're out they're out of the family see usually when you abandon teams you need to be burned by them two or three times nope. it's different with restaurants just apparently. like the experience just knowing like hey they went downhill i'd okay. rather go anywhere okay. so else. they're dead to you they're dead to me okay. red robin because, is officially you're, dead you're, to me unless the one caveat is they sponsor the podcast. Then I'm back okay. to Red Robin okay. Yum. Because in sports betting, you're you have a, a you have an ever changing list of the they're dead it's to me. Fluid. It's yeah. very fluid. They, they, someone can be dead to me. They can come back. But, but I've from, noticed from the dead. I've noticed with teams, you don't put teams on that list in college football unless it's like two or three times. You're willing. Yeah, to you get gotta burn me a shot. few times. Yes, Red Robin gets one chance though. See, I don't like that because in much. football, like there's a uh, you know, I'm may, a fan of the there's dirty bird. there's more uh, extenuating circumstances in football than there is in hey, uh, this the, it wasn't just the food. The experience was it was shitty. I felt like I was in a fucking like the worst Applebee's in all the world. Oh, you hear me coughing back here? I do. Tower needs a little. Uh, Choked on my coffee. Tower needs a, a uh, look. I've, I've a crushed his coffee. Now I had my first coffee of the day. About five Shout minutes before we started recording. Yep. I think I'm going to have an, uh, to have another cup here, but I usually go one cup per day, maybe one and a half. Oh, so I'm going to be zooming it. right now. Like today. Is, He's zooming. He's zooted. It's like as three in might, the afternoon. As the, as the, the kids say. What, are the ki- what does that mean? Is that like a drug term? Yeah. Yeah. If you're zooted, I believe it means what like you're high. What did we say when we were in school? What was, well, what was we, our equivalent? We never term? did that, so I wouldn't know. Um no, but what did our, our friends say who did that? Those that, that did indulge, um, I believe, not from I'm personal sideways, experience. bro. It was like I'm baked. What, what or did I'm I used to say, Will? Fully torqued. I don't remember. Um, I'm sure baked. you yeah, don't. Yeah, baked was a big one. Baked. I'm, baked. I'm, uh, stoned is stoned still. Well, you know, ripped. Here's what's funny about that. Ripped. Is, I remember in high school, because ripped for us used to mean high. and That's right. Like on weed. Well, uh, I remember in high school... My baseball, one of my baseball coaches, he was telling us a story, and he said he was ripped at a party and ripped drunk? to his, yeah, I meant drunk. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you smoked? And he goes, 
uh, no, I was drunk. You're like, so, oh, well, I exactly. don't know. And I, was, I don't know. Yeah. Someone else told that too. So maybe our, maybe our terms have also changed. Could be. And that doesn't mean the, the same times thing. times are changing. Times are. <laughs> yep. What a world. I know. What a world. Yeah. These poor kids. I, I'm um, not, I'm not going to fill my coffee. I'm going to see if it can get me through. We got 16 games. Let's yeah. see if I can go like, what, how much, how many games do you think I, I can get through with this? I, I say Well, three. look, I think that uh, what I think is you slam it and you just power through. I don't think that you try to make that no. coffee work. No, no. See, here's what I like to sip it. I need the sipping motion of the coffee. Interesting. I like to take a little sip before each game. It's like a it's like a process for me. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you can make it work as long as it stays hot. If it starts to get towards room temperature, just just finish it. This That's is what I would say. Right now. Uh, hey, we're good. I'll let you know when I'm going. Really quick. We, a, we may have to a pause. A couple yeah. pieces of college football news before we start breaking down the games. Nothing crazy. Um, Texas Tech extends uh, Joey McGuire to a new six-year contract. I think well-earned. I think he's actually going to be building a really a good thing there in, in Lubbock. Um, yeah, and, and they're going to cover for me in a few days to, uh, tonight. With uh, I'm not tonight? sure they will. I think it. I it's yes, it is game. tonight. I, look, it does bode well for Texas Tech. I'll say the players are going to be hyped that their coach just got a fat extension. However, I still think Ole Miss uh, gets gets her done. Um, and then lastly, and of course, we're going to touch on this when we get to the bowl game. But uh, Keyshawn Butte, the the star receiver for LSU, he did announce he's going to return next year. He's not going pro. But he's not going to be playing in the bowl game, and there's not really a lot of news as to why. Uh, Brian Kelly didn't provide a reason, whether that be injury, suspension, opt-out, whatever. But uh, before the, he had said, I'm coming back next year, so who knows if anything has changed. But Keyshawn Butte uh, not going to play in the bowl game versus Purdue, uh, and that was just announced uh, you know, a couple of hours ago. So just little pieces of news and notes for the fam. <laughs> little pieces. Um, now, Tyler, we're going to start breaking down these games. Yeah, but but uh, before I've got one thing, and before we do the read, too, okay. I, I have kind of one thing to uh, to talk about when it comes to uh, handicapping games. Yep. And it's, it's uh, the first game that we are going to handicap – is Syracuse, Minnesota, right? That's and, right. And this is perfect for those two teams because the idea is, isn't it funny the change of perception of some of these teams over the course of a season? I mean, think about where you started in the year for Syracuse, for Minnesota, where it went. Like Minnesota, maybe a lot of people thought they were middle of the road. They were they like top hot. 15 at one yeah, they, point, Yeah, right? exactly. They started really hot, then yep. lost a bunch of games. So it's a roller coaster. So my, my, my point is, it's been only one season, not even four months. We've played 12 games so far. And I said this all the time. Fans take results, in my opinion, way too seriously. And if two teams played over and over, let's say there were two teams that played all 12 games in a season. Your schedule was one opponent, all 12 games. You would find wildly different results in that season. We all want to think that what we saw happen last game must be the truth for what would happen if these two teams played, but that's simply not the case. I mean, have you ever seen a seven-game series in any sport? Like, things change, injuries or not. Why? Right. There's a lot of reasons, okay? Schematic changes, variation in what you'll get from players, okay, variation from what you get from coaches, and when you think about variation, I know a lot of us listening aren't on the level of these athletes. But have you ever, have you ever played your buddy one on one? Have you ever played your friend one on one in basketball or golf? Things even change game to game. Sure. I mean, think about hold that. Hold a hole. Hold a hole. So it's like inning to inning. And I know it's not as consistent as a pro athlete, but it's like. You can come up with a handicap for you and your friend, but things change just based on the way you're feeling any given swing of the club or shot or whatever it may be. So this idea that we saw things happen 
once and that's the way it should be, that's not the case. On top of that, turnovers, injuries, uh, fourth downs, pick sixes, things like that. All these randomized games greatly impacting the outcome. So things change. And the point of all this is don't bet with your current window locked in like right now stance on any given team. Be flexible. Be willing to go against your current narrative for any team, any conference, and be open in your handicapping. If you're open in your handicapping, I think you're going to find yourself to be a lot more successful in this bowl season. So uh, that's kind of what I love. It. Here's pre-amble. what I think. I look. I always take your gambling advice um, seriously. I'm a little bit wary though that you might be trying to plant a seed to get me my head spinning as we, we go into breaking these games for towers. Like, let me give some, some really awesome gambling advice and make Will think he has to open up his mind no. because he's, <laughs> you're trying to get inside my head. That's just what this is. No, and uh, you don't have your, the, your partition up by the way. So now to think that, you know, what, what would, uh, to think that was about you, what would George Costanza <laughs> say? He would go, what is this line? Uh, the ego on you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Look, that's where, fine. where Jerry wants to, uh, he's dating one girl and he wants to start dating her roommate. <laughs> yeah, the switch. <laughs> the switch. He wants to switch. The roommate switch. <laughs> no man has ever completed that. <laughs> the ego on you. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's my thing. Okay. Uh, let's start breaking them down. What about um, BetUS? Are we going to tell everyone where to bet these games? BetUS.com. If, if you want to bet these games, go to BetUS.com. And as a matter of fact, I think that they knew we were going to do the show today. At 1.53 our time, what time is it now? 3.13. 1.53, they sent me an email, 150% welcome back bonus. Hey. I haven't put money in there in like a month. Right. And here's what happens. If you put in promo code tailgate, you're going to get all kinds of emails like this, all kinds of promos like this. Most websites and, and, and sportsbooks out there like MGM, FanDuel, they have a lot of good sign-up bonuses. Like, don't get me wrong. But what I would do with BetUS is sign up. Don't take their sign-up bonus because the rollover is kind of high, but you're going to get emails all the time for these great bonuses welcoming back. And the one I got today, I think it's for like a five times rollover. So that's where you're going to make your money. That's where it's so much fun. Plus, if you're in a state right now where it's not legal, it should be a no-brainer sign up with BetUS because they're one of the best offshore books. But even if you are in like Colorado where we are, New York, uh, any of these states where it's legal... BetUS has casinos too, so you can play the roulettes, you can do slot machines, you can bet on horses, and my favorite, you can do entertainment bets, bet on award shows, TV shows, things like that. It's so much fun with BetUS, so check them out online, BetUS.com, put in promo code TAILGATE when you're signing up. Absolutely. Uh, we love BetUS. All right, coffee, 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 coffee. Coffee. Should, should we pause the show? Just yeah, so pause the show. Waiting on me. All right, let's pause it and come back, and let's, let's do some, some breakdowns. Okay, and we are back. We're back. The classic, <laughs> uh, the classic pause and and re-record. That, that, that was pretty quick, right? And you got a full cup of Joe. A full cup. It's really hot. I do uh, nice and toasty. I have to put her back. Uh, I was singing a song up there. You know the song "On Top of Spaghetti," <laughs> yep. all covered in cheese. A classic. Yeah, sure. I lost my poor meatball. When somebody sneezes. Why were you thinking of that? You know, I think it's because we're having spaghetti tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Your your mind's in the food. I love it. Uh-huh. Um, hey, we got some games. We got games. Okay, we're going to start off with, on Thursday, by the way, these games will start tomorrow, Thursday the 29th. We've got the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Are, are you familiar with Bad Boy Mowers, Tyler? 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of mowing the lawn. I've never heard of bad boy mowers, though. I'm not uh, going to lie. I was more of a John Deere, Honda kind of guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't uh, have a yard. Bad boy mowers. Yeah, bad boy. Yeah, we're bad boy mowers. The pinstripe yes. bowl, one of my least favorite bowl games ever because it's played at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I think it's stupid. I don't like that they play football games in, uh, in, in baseball fields, so mm-hmm. it's dumb. Uh, but we've got Minnesota versus Syracuse. Yes, we do. Right now, the Golden Gophers are 11-point favorites. Hey-o! Uh, big piece here for Syracuse, the running back, Sean Tucker, who is their star running back over a thousand yards in the season. He opted out to, to prepare for the NFL draft. Uh, I think that's why you're seeing this number where it is. Now, Tyler mentioned earlier when he was giving advice on, you know, on betting these games, it's been a roller coaster for these two teams. Minnesota started out the year, got really good. They got high, highly ranked, lost some games, fell out of the rankings. Same thing with, with Syracuse. At one point, Syracuse was, what, like a top 10 ranked team when they were undefeated yeah, yeah. Uh, before that Clemson game. And so uh, just kind of a, t- a tale of two seasons for both these teams. Um, I tend to lean in this situation. And obviously, we, we bring it up every time we talk about bowl games. I'm going to continue to bring it up is, is motivation. I don't know that one team has the motivation edge here, but I do think that P.J. Fleck has the edge in being able to motivate his guys. I think that Minnesota is okay. I don't think that like the pinstripe bowl was a massive disappointment for them. And I think he'll be able to motivate his guys. I also just think they're the better better team overall, especially with Sean Tucker uh, being out for Syracuse. So I'm going to go with Minnesota laying 11 points here, Tyler. <clears throat> that coffee's really hot. Yeah, I'm on uh, Minnesota too. Um, it is interesting because the pinstripe bowl, Syracuse doesn't really travel very far, so it has a smaller feel for him. Yep. You mentioned P.J. Fleck getting his guys up. Well, he just got a contract extension, so obviously that's important. And you look at you know people sitting out, injuries, opt outs. That's a big deal in every game, and there's really no one out important you know deeply for Minnesota. I know there's a couple players out, but no one really out for Minnesota. Everyone who's expected to be an NFL prospect seems to be playing. Uh, Syracuse is, is going to be missing their starting running back, who had over a thousand yards this year. Will mentioned that, um, and the team had 1,700 yards total. So who had the other rushing yards? Well, their quarterback, Garrett Schrader, I call him Hank Schrader, he had 415 yards. ASAC Schrader. Yeah, and uh, uh, Lakeent Allen, I call him Lakeinta. We'll leave the lights on for you, Allen. <laughs> he had uh, 180 yards, and no one else had over 50 this year. I mean, Syracuse is not a deep team, so this is really going to hurt them. Just to give you an idea of how much that's going to hurt them, Sean Tucker rushed the ball only five times less per game than Garrett Schrader threw it. Like, this is a team that needs to run, and that's going to go out the window for him, I think, this game. So... I have to question the Syracuse rushing numbers this year, frankly, all of their offensive stats, because one thing piles up to another. That's how it works in football. You can't just like say, okay, they can't run the football, so now they can throw it all over the field. They use the run game to set up the pass. So I'm not saying the sky is falling and they're going to get shut out here, but I think Dino Babers can figure something out. But their team total here is 16 points and 16 and a half points. It's not like the books are expecting them to do anything crazy. So... I do like Minnesota. You know, Dino Babers also is, what, 36-48 lifetime? Yep. Which I got that on Google, so don't quote me specifically on that. But look, I think Minnesota here is a good play because they're a refreshing feel. I mentioned the contract with P.J. Fleck, and their defense is really, really good. 14th, according to Football Outsiders, 5th, and adjusted touchdowns allowed, and they're only allowing 13.3 points per game. So you give me a defense... Without that much that's changed 
and I think they'll be able to stop what Syracuse likes to do. So can they cover the 10? I think so. Now, Tanner Morgan is repeatedly getting healthier. We'll know closer to game time if he's going to play or not. He may not play. If it's not going to be him, Ethan, oh God, the last name I'm not, I always struggle with, Kaliak Manis. That's the best Nailed I can it. do. I call Mantis Toboggan. Um, <laughs> he's going to play. And he had, doesn't have great stats this year, but here's the thing. The coaches know if Tanner Morgan's going to play. If not, they're going to get this kid ready. So I still think 11 is not the worst number in the world, considering they're going against a defense that has given up a lot of points this year. In Minnesota, it's simple to me. I'll end it on this, on this note. If Minnesota faces a defense, it's like a lead, knows how to stop what they do, they, they're they going to lose. They, in their four losses this year, they scored 10, 10, 14, 17. In their wins, 38, 62, 34, 23, 20, 49, 31, 31. This game, in my opinion, falls into the latter category, and I think they score and uh, cover the 11. So we'll go... Uh, I'm there with you. We'll take mini minus the 11. Okay. Love it. Uh, next up, the Cheez-It Bowl. I love it. I love the Cheez-It Bowl. We both love Cheez-Its. Tyler loves fat-free Cheez-Its. But you discovered during the taste test that they're not that different. They're not that different. They're actually a lot better than I thought they would. But I still just can't. I don't like having the box with the green square on it in my pantry. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go. I'm going to continue to roll with the regular Cheez-Its. Doesn't um, sit well with you. The Cheez-It Bowl, of course, played in Orlando, Florida, Camping World Stadium. Uh, we got Florida State minus nine and a half versus the Oklahoma Sooners. Rough year for the Sooners. Let's be honest. Uh, they were oh, barely, yeah. barely bowl eligible. They got beat to bowl eligibility by teams like UConn and, and Kansas. Um, rough first year for, for Brett Venables. Meanwhile, things are going very differently in Tallahassee for uh, Mike Norvell and, and the Seminoles. They're finally starting to come into their own. They've had a really positive year um, and a, a surprisingly underrated defense combined with some really improved play from Jordan Travis uh, has reflected you know, with a, a good winning record. And, uh, and, and an overall, I, I think Florida State moving in the right direction here, and that's why they're nine-and-a-half-point favorites here versus Oklahoma. To me, the biggest thing here you're seeing is that Oklahoma has some big opt-outs and injuries. There's two, tar- two starting tackles uh, are, are out, um, and Eric uh, Gray, they're starting running back, one of their better running backs. They've all opted out to prepare for the NFL draft. They had a receiver hit the transfer portal. Um, I think you're just seeing two programs going in different directions right now. I think things aren't looking great in Oklahoma. It's not terrible, but you know w- these are two programs just kind of you know, one's in free fall and one is climbing back. And I think that when it comes to motivation, not to mention just talent on the field and better quarterback play, it's all, you know, pointing towards Florida State for me. I'll take them in the nine and a half points, Tyler. I mean, this is a pass for me. I don't love anyone. Let me let me, let me tell you, the real winner of this game, Cheez-Its. Of course. Cheez-Its somehow got the, the, the these two programs in the massive board. programs Oklahoma and Florida State the yep. eyeballs the people at the game this is a huge win for Cheez-Its in this bowl game my god they got lucky here uh like I said pass my thing with OU is do they care and I right. think yes and here's why they're playing nine and three Florida State so it's like those two things I think it's a big opponent for for Florida State or for uh, OU also, a big recruiting class and a lot of transfers came in. So for the, the the kids staying at OU, they want to look good in this game. There's a lot of competition coming into OU. Um, you mentioned the uh, players out. I'm not going to repeat that. But with the injury concerns for OU and the players out, offensive line missing players, it could mean cluster missing pieces for OU. 
So I wonder about that. You know, do, how much does that impact the rush attack with Gray out as well? That's really going to hamper what they like to do. Keep the bo- keep the uh, ball on the ground for sure. They're going to become one dimensional. And think about Florida State and where they've been this year. Like, like Will mentioned, they also have a reason to be motivated because it's OU and they want to end with ten wins. That would be huge. They're nine and three, right? I'm 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 correct there. Yeah. Okay. So they want to win two wins. This is a program that is on the rebound after years of struggling. And here's a couple stats that I think really matter. Florida State offensive line, 15th in opportunity rate, 23rd in power success rate. They will not be pushed around. Meanwhile, OU's defensive line ranks 107th and 98th in those same categories. So that's a big deal, and OU's missing a D-tackle. It's uh, Jalen Redmond. He's not playing. Yeah, that's right. So this is going to be an, a bad matchup for OU. I, I don't like the 9.5, though, because I think these players who are playing, we don't know anything about them, and I think OU is pretty loaded with talent, so they may show up and really be motivated to, to keep this thing close. But I just think Florida State could score a lot this game, and I don't want to doubt OU's backups, like I said, but... One other thing that we're going to learn here, Will, kind of interesting. Um, how does Brett Venables do with time to prepare? Yeah, we don't know true. that yet. It, but one thing we do know is how Mike Norvell does. Right. He's 0-4 career bowl games, 0-3 at yep. Florida State. He's looked horrible, hasn't prepared anything. His team's looked stale. Plus, Brett Venables has experience coaching against him in the ACC. That's like true. The, There's That's familiarity true. there. So, so we're going to answer for the first time in his career, how does Brett Venables do with time to with time to prepare. So for those reasons, I don't want to bet this game because we don't. That's that to me is enough of an unknown uh, to where OU could come out and it's like wow, Venables with time, right? So you know what the what next week or next uh, next year we're gonna do is on OU's bye week we look at it differently. We start to paint a picture about Venables as head coach. So this is gonna mean a lot for our perception of him, and uh, it's a pass for me. So that is my uh, that is my breakdown. Will sneezing? Are you a one sneeze or a two sneeze guy? No, he's shaking his head. I'm in between sneezes right now. I know there's another one coming. I don't they know. Say, look Maybe I just light. disrupted look at the light bulb. it. They say, look at the light bulb. I don't know. I, th- I think I may have disrupted it by talking. Like like talking about it ruined it. Because no, I'm I'm never a one sneeze guy. I'm, usually, you heard I'm the, usually a three sneezer. Have you heard? Oh, interesting. Have you heard this for stopping hiccups? Pull your tongue. Yeah, I think that everyone just look. I have a method that works. Other people have their methods. I think you could say anything and people would believe it. Like, okay, here's how you stop hiccups. You know, you take off your left shoe, you balance on your right foot, <laughs> well, that and, does work. and you wave your hands around in circles, and it would work. In the air like you just don't care? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just, uh, people just make shit up. So no, I haven't heard of hold your tongue or pull your tongue out, uh-huh. but um, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, we move on. We're both, or you're, you're a pass, I'm on Florida State. A pass. The Valero Alamo Bowl. Hey-o. Shout out the Alamo Bowl, San Antonio. Remember the Alamo. Alamo. The game in San Antonio, Texas, and we have in-state Texas Longhorns versus the Washington Huskies. Currently, the Longhorns are three-point favorites here. Um, look, we just saw backup quarterback Hudson Card hit the transfer portal. He's going to Purdue. Um, obviously, the starting quarterback, um, the mullet. Um, why, why am I blanking on Texas quarterback name? 
Oh, Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. Sorry, Goodness no, gracious. Um, he's going to be starting. But you have the, the there's big pieces. Bijan Robinson, um, Roshan Johnson, their backup running back, both very good. And uh, linebacker, uh, Demarion, Demarvion Overshawn, however you say his name. I love that. All not playing to, to you know opt out, prepare for the NFL draft. Those are massive losses for the offense, uh, for the offensive side and defensive side. Overshawn, probably their best, one of their better defensive players uh, for Texas. And then you get positive news for Washington on the other side. Michael Penix Jr., who's had an amazing year. A lot of people thought he might actually go pro this year based off of how good he was doing. He's returning for next year. And Kalen DeBoer got extended. Like these are again like good things for Washington who went ten and two. Texas kind of limping into their bowl season. Yeah, it was a good year. You know, eight and four is an improvement. They want that ninth win, but to me, like the the all the the positive vibes are in Washington's favor, and I think that Kalen DeBoer is a really good offensive coach. Um, I worry about Texas's motivation here, especially with guys opting out. And look, I know that I, I like I, I still believe in Sark, and they're improving in win totals. But based off of where they were at certain points during the season, people talked about them being you know like a top five team, top ten team. Um, I don't think eight. I think eight and four is is good if you exclude all the expectations surrounding Texas. Like, just on paper, 8-4 and four is good. But based off of where Texas wanted to be and where all the hype is, I don't think it's good. Um, I expect I expect both coaches here to come out with a really good offensive, uh, offensive game plan and probably score points early. But ultimately, I, I do think that Washington is going to score a lot of points. I think they win this game outright. I'm taking the Huskies plus three. So, what's funny is at first, when I first sat down, I thought that this line... Was, was a stinker. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was so on Washington to start this thing out. And then the more I looked at this game up in detail, stats, advanced analytics, I really came around to Texas. And I'm not going to make it a bet board game, but to me, it's Texas it or pass. Game. No, but to me, it's Texas or pass. Because I did, like I said, initially think that this line assumes a lot of good things have to happen for Texas for this to be right. We'll mention the players out. Again, not going to go back over that, but I think a big deal that's not being made enough of a big deal is Steve Sarkeesian playing his old team. I think that he's going to have a lot for Washington. Sure. That's motivation, too. I think that's motivation. And Texas has been really respected this year in the market. I have them really highly rated compared to most people. They were favored in every game except for Alabama. Right. And so did you mention that? No, I didn't. Okay. But, but I, I mean, that, that kind of seems ridiculous. Clearly, they're either underperforming or overrated because, you know what I mean, being favored in all but one well, game is not great. No, but I mean, they also almost beat Alabama. They also, sure. in their losses, it came down very, very close. And you could argue Sark doesn't do well there in the fourth quarter. But looking at the Football Outsiders rankings, they had Texas ninth defensively. Like ninth in the country overall. That really surprised me. It is good me. defense. Yeah, I mean, Washington is 89th. I mean, Washington is giving up points and yards all over the place. So I think Texas actually is going to find ways to move the football. I think Texas actually is going to be able to score. I like the over this game, which is why it's up to 68. I don't like taking overs that high, so I'm going to say I actually lean the over. I don't want to make it a bet. But there's a reason it's that high. Both teams are expected to score. And when you give me – a lot of these players missing for Texas are on offense. Two running backs – Two offensive linemen. I know they're missing the linebacker who we mentioned, uh, great name, DeMarvion Overshawn, but that's about it. On defense, they're going to have most of their pieces there. Ninth overall in football outsiders. I'll take actually that over Washington's 89th defense, whether they're healthy or not, because they've been giving points up all year in a Pac-12 that's loaded with 
teams that seem to fit that mold. So I like Washington. That was my initial instinct. I think that three and a half is pretty accurate here, so it's not a bet. But I think to me, it's it's Texas or pass. Okay. Not willing to make it a bet board game, huh? No, sir. Unbelievable. Terrible. All right. It's a pass for Tyler. I like the Huskies plus three. They'd be a money line pick for me as well. Uh, is next, it three or three and a half? I think it's three. Okay. I, I have been updating these numbers. I believe three is the consensus. Um, next up, well, we get into Friday's games. The Duke's Mayo Bowl, which actually I'm, I've come around on. I feel like the Mayo Bowl is now a classic. It's becoming a college football classic that I like. Well, Both coaches agree to take the Mayo bath uh, if, if they win afterward. Well, you know what's funny is I've actually come around on Mayo. Oh, mayo's delicious. For a lot of in my life, on a sandwich, I didn't like mayo, but now I don't like going I'll, crazy with it. But no. it's great on a sandwich. But now I'll put yeah, I'll put mayo on a sandwich. Yeah. I'll have it. It's uh, good stuff. It's usually it, but yeah, I'm into uh, it. I'm in, I, yeah, I, I, although I gotta admit, I don't know if I've ever tried Duke's mayo. I think I usually get like Hellman's or like yeah. you know something else. Maybe I should try some Duke's. I'm not sure. Sponsor if us, Duke's. Sponsor us, Duke's. Make us the mayo pod. Make um, us the mayo pod. NC State versus Maryland here. The game being played, by the way, at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. So this is a bit of a you know a, a home field advantage you could say for NC State, but Maryland's not that far away. Uh, currently, the Wolfpack are a one point favorite in this game, which is really interesting to me because Devin Leary's gone. He transferred out. He's now going to Kentucky. Um, freshman quarterback, you know, uh, MJ Morris missed the final two games. No one really knows if he's going to play. Um, you know, like what's what's happening? You have coaches left. Tim Beck left. You know, the, he was the offensive coordinator. He left to be the head coach of Coastal Carolina. Uh, like, there's a lot of question marks about NC State. And then on Maryland side, yeah, like, Talia, Tua's younger brother, um, he was banged up, but he's probably going to play. They're missing some players. They're not going to have two really good, you know, uh, receivers, Jacob Copeland and, and Dante Demas. Um, like, those are big losses. Like, I, I, th- I think maybe this being a home field for NC State is why this line is what it is. But I don't see it, Tower. I, like, to me... Maryland is the play. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win outright. I don't see a lot of positives to be betting on NC State here. I know they have a solid defense and a lot of starters, but they've given up a lot of points to teams, you know, throughout the year where it was kind of unexpected. And I'm I'm just wondering why this line is what it is. And I don't know if maybe your power ratings can shine some light on that, but I like Maryland plus one here again, money line uh, bet for sure. Yeah, let me pull my power ratings up quickly. I can do that here in two gifs. Two jiffies. Two jiffs. Um, I have that. For, by the way, I've got some deep breakdowns for the playoff games, and that's going to be included in all that. We're going to wrap up jazz. the show with those. Yes, we are. I like saving that for last. All right, so what two teams am I looking at here? Maryland and NC State. Maryland, NC State. Everybody shed the hate. Oh. Like a lot of receivers out show, for the Terps. I think that's kind of what the that question mark is here. That was a great improv song. No, it was you, fantastic. You kind of walked over it there at well, the Well, look, I'm, I'm just trying to keep things moving and, no, and okay. well, it's hard to okay. filler. So Maryland uh, and then uh, other team. Oh, sorry, NC State. NC State is going to be, oh, wow, interesting. Okay, so I got Maryland and my ratings three points better okay so maybe the departures are just worth four points at that point or maybe the departures are worth well, two but look and playing in in north carolina but nc state's got so many question marks too that's what i don't there's get. a lot of ways to get to that result right maybe it's maybe we here's what i think is going on is is they're adjusting a little bit for that and then we just disagree in the line like right. maybe we have it one or two more points more than the market does which is why i also like maryland 
when it's all said and done because they are all around a very good team. And I think what's being made too much of is the cluster injuries of wide receiver because Maryland is a team that's really relied on the pass this year. I mean, they've done a lot well, but they are a team that we think of relying on the pass. And the the narrative is they're not going to be able to do that. I don't think that's the case. I think the backups at Maryland will be able to step up and help out Tonga Viola on the offense. So sure. we always talk about their offense, but their defense is actually pretty good too. They're allowing 24 points per game. They're 40th in rush yards. Uh, excuse me, 40th in rush yards per attempt and 43rd in pass yards per game. So good, not great. But right there in the middle of the pack, that's okay. That's fine for a game like this where the spread is so close to pick them. So overall, they're a really good team. And then NC State, you know what I've thought about them all year. I mean, I started last year and this year up on NC State, thought they were underrated. Uh, things have not gone their way. They've looked bad, not good in advanced analytics, and I just think they're a fade team right now. They're 94th overall, according to Football Outsiders, in their uh, total defensive ranking, and they're 115th in drive value rate. Like, yeah. They're not good when it comes to efficiency stats. I don't trust them. And like I mentioned on offense, I think they'll be able to make up for it. So NC State missing a lot of players. By the way, their freshman quarterback, MJ Morris, who came in for Devin Leary, will mention that. He's doubtful. So we don't even know who's going to play quarterback. They're missing too much. So I think this is a good uh, matchup for Maryland. They'll be able to move the football. And I don't think NC State has enough offensively to muddy this up. So I'll also take uh, Maryland. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we're both on the Terps. We move on to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Love some Frosted Flakes. It's great. Love Frosted Flakes. Very underrated cereal. Delicious. You know I what? I haven't had some in a while. They're they're amazing. I agree. I'm going to buy some next time I'm out. Yeah. Tony the Tiger why, is Why great. haven't I done that? Well, Maybe they're I mean, I don't me. buy I cereal much anymore, but they're not always at the top of the list, but I do think they're underrated. They're classic. Yeah, I buy um, cereal, but it. I usually go with like my ca- my good floatable cereals, like Captain Crunch. Yeah. Floats. Tyler, so I like that. Longtime fans of the show know that Tyler is Milk a first. little unorthodox. Milk first. Yeah. He scoops in cereal as he goes mm-hmm. to get the perfect consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree with it, but I don't hate on it. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um the, the Sun Bowl here, we by the way, in El Paso, it's a beautiful stadium. It's tucked into the mountains. Um, this is UCLA, five-and-a-half-point favorites versus Pitt here. I like this matchup because you have a Pitt team that is just like all defense first, doesn't like to score a, a lot of points to win games. They want to they limit the other team from scoring. And then UCLA is just like, we got Dorian Thompson-Robinson. We're going to score a shit ton of points. It's Chip Kelly. Um, it's cheap, eh? You know cheap, you know. Major... Opt-outs and injuries on the defensive side for Pitt, which is important because, again, that yeah. is kind of their strength. A lot of my handicap comes down to all the players missing for both teams. Yeah, A lot sure. of players. But out. like UCLA, it's out. Dorian Thompson-Robinson expected to play at quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, he's on track to play. There were some injuries there. But I think that the injuries and opt-outs affect Pitt more on the defensive side, oh, especially sure. they lose Keaton Slovis. He transfers out. They don't have the, the quarterback anymore. They're not a team that you know typically scores a lot of points to begin with. However... You know, it's funny because we weren't able to because of a canceled bowl game last year. We weren't able to use my to, for me to prove that Miami would have struggled playing in the Sun Bowl going to El Paso. Yeah. I think that UCLA is not going to be super excited going from Los Angeles to El Paso, Texas. And this isn't a dig at El Paso. I love El Paso. I've got family from there. Been there many times. Um, it's not if you're if you live in Los Angeles, you're UCLA, and you're like we're gonna go play a bowl game where in El Paso, Texas, in the desert. Uh, like that's not exciting. I don't think there's a lot of motivation for either team here. I'm not saying that it's super motivating for Pitt, but especially going from like a beautiful place like Los Angeles to El Paso. Like I I wonder where the motivation is for these players to you know to show up. Um, 
I worry about that. But ultimately, I think that if Dorian Thompson-Robinson plays and stays healthy, they're going to score enough points. I'll take UCLA laying the points here, Tyler. But uh, I don't feel you know amazing about it. Let's just say that. Uh, another game that I thought we'd have a bet board on, I'm also on UCLA. So these are bets I'm making here, Will. I'm not scared. But uh, Will mentioned it comes down to all these missing players. Just to quickly go through it once again, quarterback Keaton Slovis, uh, Keaton Slovis entered the transfer portal. Uh, safety Brandon Hill opted out to prepare for the NFL draft. Uh, their defensive end, Deslin Alexander, who had uh, five and a half sacks this year, out. Linebacker, Servokea Dennis, 94 tackles this year, out. Running back, Isaiah, uh, uh, I'm not even going to say his last name, Isaiah A., Isaiah uh, almost 1,500 yards this year, uh, out. All three opted out to begin getting ready for the NFL, which means not injuries, not so These are NFL players who are out for pit. I think it's going to be a very, very big deal. Uh, starting right guard, Gabe Huey, also won't play. Uh, it, it, it's bad for Pitt. UCLA, I, I see a team here, very, very good, 19th in team efficiency. With all the missing pieces, it's going to be up to Pitt's defense, I think, to make this a low-scoring game. Their offense, like Will mentioned, is not going to be able to keep up, and I don't see that happening. As a matter of fact, I see UCLA moving the football. They've got the number seven overall offense, according to Football Outsiders, and their third in drive value rate, second in overall drive efficiency. Those two stats are very important, I think. So UCLA's D has a margin of error here, actually. I believe they can let uh, uh, Pitt move the football. They can let Pitt get away scoring. I think Pitt can score... 21 point, 28 points here, and UCLA can still cover because they're going to move the football. Yep. So I also like UCLA minus a five, and uh, I like Chip, you know, Chip Kelly. I like him in this game, you know. <laughs> That's my Canadian accent. <laughs> love it. Yeah, okay, so we're both on UCLA for the for the Sun Bowl. Uh, love it. We move on to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Gator tax Bowl. Slayer. We, that's like a real bro name. We slay taxes, tax bro. Tax Slayer. slay your taxes. We're take your taxes and slay them. Bring your taxes in. I'm going to slay that uh, shit, The Gator bro. Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida, of course. Uh, Notre Dame versus South Carolina. The Irish are currently two-point favorites here. Love this matchup. You massive, love this matchup. This is a huge pass. Turnaround. Well, I just love it from a game-watching standpoint. I'm not saying I love a pick either uh. way. But like you saw, South Carolina just got so hot towards the end of the year. Uh, Notre Dame started off poorly, then got better and better. Now they're looking like a much better team. By the way, another piece of college football news that I forgot to mention, Wake Forest star quarterback uh, Sam Hartman entered the transfer portal. The favorite to land him, it hasn't been officially announced yet, is Notre Dame. Wow. If he plays them, Notre Dame is going to be a very dangerous team next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a very good quarterback. But oh, yeah. he won't be there today, or Duff won't man. be there uh, for the bowl game. But Notre Dame, two-point favorite here versus South Carolina. Duff um, you do have a lot of opt-outs. Obviously, Drew Pine transferred from Notre Dame, but there, it sounds like they're going to get Tyler Buckner back. Um, South Carolina, like their offense just came on really hot at the end of the year, you know, uh, Spencer Rattler is going to play. He was playing great. Uh, they're, you know, they've had some tight ends, some players transfer out, but nothing crazy to me. Like, I think that South Carolina, I think Shane Beamer is building something strong there, but it's not reliable enough. And even though Marcus Freeman has struggled, he's turned things around there a little bit. I think if you give him enough time to put together a defensive game plan, I think they can um, make Spencer Rattler struggle. And I think Notre Dame will, I mean, I don't know. I, look, I think that they can. Their defense can uh, can force South Carolina into some bad spots, but I'm worried about what Notre Dame has on offense with 
with Drew Pine transferring out. Tyler Buckner hasn't played in a while. Uh, I'm going to take South Carolina plus two, but I'm I'm very hesitant because they're not a team I trust. So I'll go with the Gamecocks plus two, Tyler. Yeah, this is a total pass for me. And the reason you kind of mentioned it there at the end is these are two wildly variant teams. I mean, they're tough yep. to predict. Notre Dame, not so much, but they're missing enough that I think that makes the unpredictability factor go up. And South Carolina, all season long, week to week, you have no idea who you're getting. So the big question mark here for me is Notre Dame's offense. Now, Will mentioned it, Drew Pine transferring Tyler Buckner's back, but I actually don't think that's a downgrade at all. If anything, I think it's an upgrade. I mean, Tyler Buckner missed 10 games due to injury this year. Drew Pine looked, in my opinion, very average, very, very pedestrian. So I think they're actually getting a little bit back there on offense. Now, they're missing their best tight end, but that's about it offensively. South Carolina's missing a lot of pieces, including their offensive coordinator and play caller, uh, Marcus Satterfield, yep. both tight ends, and possibly the number one receiver, Juice Wells. Great name, Juice Wells. Juice. Uh, now, Juice might play. He's like 60%, but up in the air right now. Um, you know, both these teams, it's funny. They both have really good wins and really bad losses, even though, you know, the bad losses, quote-unquote, for South Carolina are all the SEC teams. You know, Missouri, Florida, I don't know if those are bad losses, but uh, Notre Dame certainly has some bad losses this season. So it's just the up-and-down factor to me is is not predictable enough here. Uh, by the way, the non-conference for South Carolina, Georgia State, South Carolina State, and Charlotte. So, and, well, and Clemson, too. They always play Clemson. And, Cle- and Clemson. So that's a good non-conference. But I mean, it's not Not great. ideal besides Clemson. Right. Yeah. So, um, so slow down there. But impressive season, in my opinion. Uh, lean. Notre Dame, actually, but it's not a play for me. Okay, so. fair enough. I'll take the uh, the Cox plus two. Uh, the Orange Bowl is next. Love this matchup. Very interesting game. A lot of question marks. We got Clemson versus Tennessee. Mm. Game is being played in Miami, Florida. Clemson currently a five-point favorite. Now, Tennessee, a few weeks ago or a few, a few games ago, very different story, right? But Hennon Hooker tears his ACL. He's out. Now they're looking at Joe Milton uh, as starting quarterback. A ton of opt-outs. Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman declaring for the NFL draft, not playing. Um, you know, you have some guys that are declaring but playing. I think Tennessee is like by far the better team. But I know from my experience as a Michigan fan and seeing a little bit of Joe Milton on the field for Tennessee, not someone you want to rely on in a big game. You know, to not turn the ball over. Unfortunately, I think he's a great kid. I just think that. He, he has, you know, a lot of times he's just chucking the ball as fast as he can towards an area, and he's not really being precise with the ball. And you look at Clemson, even though they're not a team I've, I like to bet on either, especially this year, they've just been inconsistent. Their defense hasn't been as good as build. I, I think there's positives for them with Cade Klubnick taking over and DJ Uyungle transferring out, who went to Oregon State. Um, I think Klubnick, there's, there's now hope, and there's like, hey, things are trending in the right direction with this young quarterback. People liken him to, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm I'm torn because I think that Tennessee is by far the better team, but the the question marks at at the quarterback spot I don't like. I like the that Kate Klubnick shows a lot of promise, but again we haven't seen a lot from him yet. Um, I'll take Clemson minus five, but I'm very hesitant about it, Tyler. You know this one to me it kind of sucks because no, here's what I mean. For such a high-profile, seemingly exciting game, what should be, I think these teams are both going to be a shell of themselves. Right. I think Tennessee was one of the most exciting teams to watch this year. Clemson is always fun to watch. With time, you give Dabo time, he's going to get his team ready. So on paper, it's like, wow, what a great matchup. 
And you see all these players missing for both teams, the transfers that are out. I mean, the transfer bug hit Clemson hard this year. Sure. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. Like, I just think everything missing is such a big deal this game. Now, I can quickly go through it. We'll mention some of this. Hennon Hooker's out. They've got three receivers they're missing. DN, Byron, they're a defensive end, Byron Young. Linebacker, Jeremy Banks. All for the NFL couple injured also had a number of transfers like we mentioned Clemson without a ton of players due to the uh, portal five starters are transferring and uh, wide receiver Bo Collins out with a shoulder injury Clemson's D without two key starters and uh, defensive end Miles Murphy and linebacker Trenton Simpson so I don't know it's like you replace a third of the roster for both teams what the hell how are we supposed to be able to plug something in here. I don't like this matchup at all. It's tough to say with so many pieces missing what's going to happen here. Now, here's the thing. Clemson, very average offensively this year. And a lot of advanced stats, they're in the 40-50 range, but very, very, very good defense. Tennessee, on the other hand, elite offensively with a below average defense. But what do we plug in there? Hendon Hooker's out. Three receivers are out. So much on the line missing. Do we see that same elite offense for, for Tennessee? Do we see that same very good defense with, with Clemson missing all these transfers and a couple uh, uh, defensive uh, linemen, especially Miles Murphy? Tough for me to say. So it's a pass for me. Really don't even have a lean here because there may be some news that gets announced on the day of the game for what we're going to see. So I don't have anything in this game, which sucks because it's going to be a high-profile game. I like to have a little action on games like this. But uh, no, I got nothing. Pass. Look, Pass. if Joe Milton plays a great game and doesn't turn the ball over, I think Tennessee can win this. But I, that's just not something I want to rely on. So hopefully Tennessee can get the ground game going and not have to rely on him throwing on it. So uh, I'll, I'll take Clemson minus five. Tyler's passing. We Pass. get into the Saturday bowl games, the real heat. Here we go. We got the Sugar Bowl, Alabama versus K-State. Really fun matchup. The The Crimson Tide currently, what, six and a half point favorites? Is it seven? It's six and a half. Six and know. a half. Uh, and this is being played at the, the Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, look, Alabama had some transfer portal stuff. None of these guys are really massive um, impact players, I would say, on offense, but there, a lot of them are receivers. And there was question about would Bryce Young play, would Will Anderson play. It sounds like they're playing. There was, you know, rumors. I, I, rumors they weren't going to play. The line dipped all the way down to like three points. Then it came out. Those guys said, "Hey, we are playing," and and the line went right back up. And so Kansas State, they're super motivated. They're not going to have to deal with opt outs and things like that. Uh, guys sitting at the bowl game, they won the Big Twelve. Now they're hyped to get this opportunity hyped. to play Alabama. And I would say the motivation is all in their favor. But that being said, like even though it's a disappointing year for Alabama, they don't make the SEC championship game. They don't make the playoff. Like, I don't know that that you can have a lot of guys dogging it on an Alabama team just because of who Nick Saban is. I think that's I, mean, I, I would be surprised if Alabama just came out flat for four quarters. Maybe they come out flat for the first quarter. Maybe they come out flat for like one quarter out of the four. I just don't see them not being super motivated. I think they're so talented, even though I think K-State, I think Chris Kleiman is really good at being like a, you know, a giant beater. He's really good against top five teams while at K-State. In fact, I think he's undefeated against top five teams while at K-State. Um, ultimately, there is a difference in what kind of talent we've pulled in the last four or five years running uh, compared to teams here. I, I think that Alabama should get it done, and as long as Bryce Young is playing and is healthy, I think this is his last game at Alabama. I think he's going to be excited about that. I think he'll he'll pick apart the K-State offense, uh, or K-State defense, excuse me. I'll take the, the uh, Crimson Tide with the square pick minus six and a half, You're Tyler. so lame, dude. I'm on Bama also. Let's get some action here, Will. 
<laughs> so I'm on Bama minus six and a half as well. Uh, I think Saban is more motivated for a non-playoff game than I've ever seen him before. Either that or he has rabies. Like, it's one or the other. <laughs> Will mentioned it. Bama's missing three receivers, but I don't think that's going to matter. I think we see the depth here. They're they didn't have, have good receivers all year. Right. I think we've seen enough in the game plan to make up for that. And uh, Kansas State, they're not missing anyone to opt outs. No new injury concerns, so that's good news there. But let's talk adjusted stats. I think we need to look at adjusted stats for this matchup. Uh, it's going to mean a lot and tell more of a story because Kansas State has really good stats this year. But what do the advanced stats say? Offense versus defensive line. Bama, number seven overall adjusted offensive line. Kansas State, number 76 overall adjusted defensive line. So I had to look more into this. I was like, what, what's going on here? Why is this such a, a, a bad factor for Kansas State? And the unadjusted stats don't tell a better story for him. Kansas State's defensive line, 105th in average line yards, 111th in passing down line yards, and 114th in opportunity rate. So those three stats tell me when it comes down to non-scripted uh, situations, when it comes down to when it's predictable for Kansas State, and I mean non-scripted in terms of where the defense is looking, They've been easy to stop this year, at least on the offensive line. So I think this is the foundation for my handicap here. Offensive line against defensive line. Kansas State's really not going to uh, stand up, I think. Uh, Bryce Young will mention it. He's playing. I think he's going to have a very efficient game. And I look at Bama's defense. This is going to be the best defense Kansas State's seen all year, and it's not really even close. Bama right now, 14th overall in defensive efficiency. That's the highest team they've seen this season besides Texas, who was 27th in efficiency when they played on November 5th. And by the way, they lost that game. So I think Bama here minus six and a half is the play. And uh, sorry, K-State fans, I'm, I'm on Bama. Look, I'll, I'll say this. If we have like no bet boards uh, by I'm, the end, I'm going to find a, I'll, one or I'll two. come back to that. Okay. And, and maybe switch my pick and just root for K-State as an underdog. Mm. But that's only if, it, it, you know, uh, absolute emergency situation. And what was the other game? There's one more where it's like, if we have to force... Oh, it's the Texas-Washington. We we can go look at that game too. Okay. So I, that'll be up to me whether I want to force Texas because I know you're on there. But we'll look, we'll look at the end. Okay, got it. Uh, next game we have here is the Music City Bowl. Nashville, Tennessee. You ever been to Music City? I ain't never been to Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out Joe. Uh, yes. bu- Buckeye yes. Joe just moved there. Buckeye if you're listening, I hope you're enjoying Nashville, getting some good hot chicken, some music, some mm-hmm. country music. I-, I wonder if he's got boots and a cowboy hat yet. I don't think so yet, but he's starting to get that accent, you know, that little nug. I see him accent. as turning into like a flannel shirt, belt buckle, boots and hat kind of guy. I'm not going to lie. I think he's going to resent it and go the opposite direction. He's going to dig in yeah. and be like, I'm the, I'm the most <laughs> anti-Nashville guy here. Yeah, he's totally going to dig Either in. Either way, shout out Joe. We got yeah. Iowa versus Kentucky. This is going to be maybe the ugliest matchup of all this, the, the, the New Year's Six bowl games we get. Uh, Will Levis, gone. Uh, he's declaring for the draft. He's not playing for Kentucky. Iowa, I mean, Spencer Petras out. Their Alex Padilla answered the, the, answered the, or entered the transfer portal. Their third stringer is the favorite to start. Joey Lavis, no one knows anything about this guy for, for Iowa, the quarterback. Um, you have guys that are have entered the transfer portal, uh, guys opting out, and it's the same for Kentucky. Like uh, Chris Rodriguez Jr., he's opting out. Um, they got starting corners. Like you have a total of thirty-one points in this game, and this is going to be an ugly, disgusting matchup. Frankly, I'm surprised that Iowa is a two and a half point favorite, but I think the reason why is because when it comes to ugly and disgusting matchups, that's where Iowa mm. lives. That's their 
that's like a, a you know a hog is happiest than a pile of shit. Yes, that's Iowa football. Like they want to be in a disgusting turnover fest and be able to pull it out. I think Iowa's defense will ultimately be able to turn or, or create some turnovers. They're two and a half point favorites here versus Kentucky. I think that everyone will be a, a lot of average betters will be clamoring to bet Kentucky and fade Iowa here. I'm taking the Hawkeyes, Tyler. I mean, this low scoring game. I'm not so sure that it's not also meant for Kentucky. Kentucky has held 15 of their last 16 opponents to 24 points or less. This is a defense that's very good. I think they've got enough coming back to make this a good game. I'm not going to fade you here because, as you know, coming into the show, I told you this is one of the games I had the least on. I look at efficiency ratings, very close teams, offense, defensive lines. They both do really well what what the other team does well. Now, I think Iowa has a lot going for them. They've got some transfers coming in, the positive feelings right now among the Iowa fan base, but it's not going to be a bet for me, Will. And uh, yeah, you notice I, I changed headphones. I yeah. think I'm back into these. I you like switched these. them up. I switched them. I think I like them these up. better. The vibes yes. are better. Maybe yeah. we'll get some bet board games with these headphones. I think so. Uh, we're going to save the playoff games for last, which are, of course, uh, on uh, Saturday, but we're going to move on to the Monday games on January 2nd. The ReliaQuest Bowl. Do we even know what ReliaQuest is? Checking. Give it a goog. We got Mississippi State minus one versus Illinois, of course. Leverage your existing security solutions. So what is that? It's a security company? The most comprehensive detection, investigation, or response solution from a single platform. So it's like tech security. Yes, cybersecurity. Cybersecurity. ReliaQuest uh-huh. uh, sponsoring a bowl game. Let's see how that goes for him. Um, the, of course, this game, the, the story will always be the sadness around Mike Leach's passing. We haven't talked about it a ton outside of when it happened, but it is a weird feeling. I don't think that many people have realized it yet, but of course, uh, Mississippi State's uh, defensive coordinator, Zach Garnett, he was promoted to head coach after the passing of Mike Leach. He's going to coach this game. Um, Steve Spurrier Jr. will be calling the plays wow. for the Bulldogs. Gotta love that. Look, you think kids these days know, know that name? Uh, I mean, they might know Steve Spurrier Jr. I bet they don't know Steve Spurrier Sr. They don't. They have no the idea OG. about 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 Spurrier and, and his visor. Um, look, I mean, this is just an interesting matchup again. I, like, what is the motivation? Is this like Mississippi State players going all out to play for Coach Leach? It certainly seems like that's the storyline. But when I look at the actual matchup, like I think Illinois has some some positives leaning in their direction. Now they lose their defensive coordinator who took the head coaching job at Purdue. I don't Ryan Walters, I don't believe he's going to be coaching. Uh, you have, you know, players um, you know, opting out for the NFL draft on the defensive side of things. That doesn't bode well for Illinois. I think this will be a probably an ugly matchup, not a lot of scoring. I think the Illinois defense will be able to slow down Mississippi State a bit. But ultimately, like I think the motivation factor for the Bulldogs, and I think that Illinois is a little more better suited again for playing teams that want to run the ball than teams that want to pass the ball. I'll take the Bulldogs minus one here, Tyler. So honestly, man, this is a pass for me. I hate capping games like this. <laughs> it really is. Leech, I, I, I deal with this sometimes with what I do, where you have to handicap like shitty stuff like this. Like, how does Mike Leach passing away affect this game? Right. Um, and the fact is. My take on it is that Michigan State will be distracted. Mississippi State. Sorry, Mississippi State. Thank Michigan you. State didn't make a bowl game, huh? <laughs> will be distracted. <laughs> Fuck you, Mel Tucker. And even if not, even if Mississippi State isn't distracted, it's tough to replicate what Mike Leach brings on game day. So I just think that we're going to see a, a, conf- a, a different team, not the same approach. You know, Mississippi State's also missing two-star players in the secondary alone. So... 
I just don't like this game. I like handicapping this game. It's going to be interesting to see what this Bulldog offense looks like. I think they may look a little different, right? Like Leach does things a very specific certain way. He's been a master of that offense. Like He's suddenly giving this to someone who knows it, but not that well. So I lean over in this game, but really no pick. So Okay, fair enough. Uh, I will take Mississippi State and the Bulldogs minus one. Uh, rest in peace, Mike Leach. Shout out. Uh, we move on to the Cotton Bowl, Cotton which, Bowl. of course, is not played in the Cotton Bowl. It's played in Arlington, Texas at Jerry World. Yes, it is. Um, uh, um, I'm going to – can we pause real quick before this? I'm going to run Layla out. Yeah, Two sure. seconds. Okay. Go ahead. All right, all right, we're back. We are back. Two pauses today. Two pauses. Um, It's raining outside. It's raining. Yes. What, what game are we on? Uh, we're, we're, we, we're getting to the Cotton Bowl. We're starting with the Cotton Bowl. AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Love this matchup. USC Trojans, of course, lost in the Pac-12 championship game. Playing Tulane, the mean green, the green wave. Yeah. Um, Amazing season for Tulane, getting to a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, And actually, if you watch their games, they pass the eye test. I don't think they're a fraudulent group of five team. That being said, you know, right now, USC is only a two-point favorite. And I think that line is a reflection of Caleb Williams' health. The biggest question mark, he had a big uh, hamstring injury against Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. It sounds like he's going to play, but how healthy is he going to be? Because if he plays and is healthy throughout the game, I think this is an easy win and cover for the, the Trojans. Um, if he plays and he's, and he's not fully healthy, I mean, he says he's going to play. He's, but is he, if he's not fully healthy and he re-aggravates an injury, all of a sudden we're going, hey, Tulane's going to be in this game because Tulane is a dangerous team. And to me, the line fully hinges on that. Now, we haven't seen a ton of backup quarterback play for USC, but ultimately I think that Lincoln Riley in his system, it favors quarterback play. I even think that should Caleb Williams get hurt, um, that you know the edge at quarterback play is still going to go to the Trojans here. I'm going to take the Trojans and hope that Caleb Williams is healthy. Uh, if he's not, we could get dangerous, but um, you know, would be very excited for Tulane if they could pull off the upset. But I like USC here, Tyler. We may make this a bet board game. Whee! Go with the green wave. I might go with the green wave here. Let's so do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, let's first quickly talk about trap lines because that's something you're going to hear a lot for this game. There are no such thing as trap lines. If there was a trap line, it would quickly get bet into whatever the correct line should be by people with a lot of money who dictate the market. There is nothing out there to make you think something that is meant to make money go in one direction. So that's just first. Trap lines do not exist. Okay, having said that, uh, USC's defense. Let's talk about them because what a story, or let's talk about like what the story's been on them all year because the narrative has been early in the year, I thought at least, USC's defense was overrated because they had a lot of turnovers, weren't doing a lot in, st- in advanced statistics. So it's like USC can't keep this up. And I thought that. And then it started to turn. Then they played better throughout the mid and later parts of the season. So at the end of the season, very end of it, where do I have USC in my rankings defensively to end the year? I've got them 88th overall in efficiency. Where does football outsiders have USC's defense ranked? 95th overall in efficiency. That should tell you all you need to know in terms of where this defense sits at the end of the year. Intrinsically, after looking at all of the important data, in my opinion. So... I'm not as impressed with USC as a lot of everyone else, or as a lot of other people seem to be. Yes, they beat who they're supposed to beat, but they also struggled in games against 
UCLA, Cal, Arizona, Oregon State, Washington State. The uh, Washington State game was close, and I know there's some good teams there on that list, but I think a lot of people want to frame USC in the category of either playoff or just missing the playoff, and I don't even think they're in that category. I look at my power rankings; I don't have them there, and I look at other teams who deserve to be in that category. I didn't put TCU in there. And I think those teams would crush Cal at home, not win by six. I think they'd destroy Arizona, not win by a touchdown late. So USC, I think, has a bit of a misleading record, bit of a misleading season. I know Lincoln Riley's good. I don't think they're this good. And I think USC isn't in that category strictly because of their defense. So having said all that, the reason why I do debate this will is it's tough to back a Tulane team who had the 88 toughest schedule this year. Now, they do have a good defense statistically, but only have the 44th best defense with adjusted stats. So, yes, USC's done some damage to teams like that all year, but so many question marks, like Will mentioned, about USC, who's going to play, will Caleb Williams play? I mean, he said he wants to, but why risk it? I think this is such a dud game for USC, especially mm. with uh, uh, Jordan Addison saying just a, a day ago, yesterday, that he's sitting out. Why? He's going to nurse his injury, his ankle injury, which I, I promise you he would play if this were a Final Four game. So I actually lean Tulane here. I'm thinking about making it a bedboard game. Uh, USC's missing a ton. And here's my last point. Will's mentioned motivation before. This is my number one motivation what do you want to call it? Like like discrepancy bowl game of the season. Right. Tulane, this would be the biggest program in the history of their football. Biggest win, yeah. Biggest win, excuse me, in the history of their football program. For this sure. This is... Massive. The biggest game they've ever played. USC, this is a disappointment. Oh, Not agreed. only is this like another throwaway game, this means zero. Yep, no Rose Lincoln bowl. Riley is going to be distracted recruiting. The Pac-12, you look at what's going on with Oregon State and Washington and Colorado... And he's going to the Big 12s or the Big 10 soon. I think he's going to be distracted. So let's make it a bet board game. Love you it. Got it. We hand. got a bet board Let game. Get Hit the, the sound effect. Hit the button. Yes. Yeah, we got one. Game. I need him. I need him bad. Um, in fact, wait, it's four o'clock. Let's get a live update on the uh, Kansas, the Kansas, Arkansas game. Seeing as how I need. Yeah, baby. Arkansas, Arkansas. is up 17, okay, seven. Let's okay. go. It's early. It's Papa early. Papa needs the hogs. Papa Pig needs suey. The hogs. Wow. Pig suey with a live uh, six minutes left in the first already mm-hmm. 17 on the board. Yes. I need which that means one There's bad. a lot of time left. That does mean there's a lot of time it's left. A lot of time left to get. I can't tell you how many times I bet against Tyler and had a lead early. Yeah. and been like, <laughs> yes. And then the, the full game runs and I'm screwed. Okay. So, but, but, but think about it. I'm up three games. You need that, and you're in NMO up two. It's going to come down. And to we it. have another one tonight, and we now have at least got, one bet board game so far, and yes. possibly more on so, the way. So let's say you win tonight. You're down one. You win this one. It's tied up. So let's going say you win those three. Game. <laughs> go yeah, going into the no. We got a couple more. You got Utah, Penn State. No, I know we got more, but but even still, yeah. uh, just from what we know, we have anyway. From uh, what it's we interesting. Know. It's getting interesting. A uh, quick, a uh, quick uh, video game review. Okay. Okay. So. Do you like to play video games? Tax Slayer? <laughs> yeah, you do taxes. <laughs> People bring you their taxes. It's a math game. Uh, I do like... I don't play them as much now that I'm uh, growing to be an old man. I just don't uh, prioritize them as much. But yes, love video games. So I... Long-time gamer. I am an old former gamer. I do not game anymore. I would say I game... My gaming rate is probably 
I'll play a game with one of my buddies, like one individual like Madden or NBA or baseball game, like once every like month. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Besides I'm that, I really don't boat. game. But but lately over Christmas break, I had had a little downtime. Um was kind of looking for something new, and one of my friends recommended to me High on Life. Have mm. you heard of this game? No. So it sounds really great. Really fun. It's a kind of a first-person shooter game, like a little like adventure game. You're like a bounty hunter. And what's cool about this game is a lot of the game was put together with AI. Oh yeah. Is this was this put? Is this like a Rick and Morty? It thing? is. It's a Rick and Morty game. I've seen a lot of stuff on social like Rick, media about it. It's really fun. I, I enjoyed it. And coming from someone who doesn't game, I'm sure if you're like a gamer, you have like nitpicky things that you like or don't like. But for someone who doesn't isn't used to that, which I've gotten stuck a couple times. I'd like, oh, go to YouTube for the tutorials. That's what kind of gamer I am. Sure. But it's fun. It's really entertaining. It's kept me involved. It's super weird. Like, it's, it's like really talking weird. guns. Yeah, yeah but I heard talks to it's you. It's funny. It's not necessarily Rick the, and Morty theme, but it's the guy who voices yeah. Yeah, the, uh, and, Morty. Uh, the knife. Yeah, the guy who voices Morty is the gun. The knife. Is this an Australian? And you like kill people. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. I love killing people. <laughs> so it's just, it's a really fun game. I'd recommend it. And I'll it's one of those it. games where like, uh, the guy who told me about it, our friend Nick Snyder in Arizona. Shout out, Shout Snyder. out Nick in Arizona. Um, he said that, which I'm, I'm finding to be true, the decisions you make, because you can make different, they, it leads to your character being different. Right. Choose so your you own choose adventure. Stab someone, or you can shoot this person, or choose to save them. So it's sure. kind of different that way, too. Love so it. I'll give High on Life, uh, let's give it uh, uh, 89.7 eyeballs. Well, I tell you what, if uh, if Arkansas keeps it up, I'll be High on Life here very shortly with a bet board well, victory. That's enough. So, um, that's they enough. have the ball. By you know the, way. the thing about you, Will? You get too high for your wins and you get too low for your losses. Low on life. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do okay. we got next? What do we got next? The, so this is an interesting one because the cheese at Citrus Bowl. We already had the cheese at Bowl, but now cheese at is sponsoring the Citrus Bowl. Wait, I don't think you bowls? should be able to double dip. The Citrus Bowl yeah. is sponsored by Cheese Up. I think Jimmy, soon Jimmy that. Kimmel's going to have every bowl game. You can't have the Tax Slayer Bowl. Exactly. We it's can't have be the, the Jimmy the Kimmel Rose Jimmy Bowl. Jimmy Kimmel Rose Bowl. <laughs> I would blow my head off. Jimmy Kimmel Sugar Let's Bowl. Let's not do that. But the Cheese at Citrus Bowl, even though we love Cheese It's mm-hmm. um, played in Orlando, Florida. LSU versus Purdue. Now, this line is massive. I would have loved this matchup had things not changed so drastically for Purdue. But LSU is a 14.5-point favorite, and it's because oh God, everything is gone from Purdue. Jeff Brom left. He took his defensive coordinator with him to go to Louisville. So the only guy that's left to coach the team is Jeff Brom's son, actually. I think his name is Brian Brom or <laughs> Steve Brom. It's, like, like it's like the, it's like the, the old coordinator. Roman civilization. Everyone's yes. gone. Aiden the O'Connell's only one gone. left to take over was his son. Aiden O'Connell left. Like You have all these opt-outs, these guys that are preparing for the draft. You have transfer Porter, like there's nothing mm-hmm. for Purdue here. I'm taking LSU minus 14 and a half, regardless of their situation, because I truly think that with all the the top players leaving for Purdue, the coaches leaving, there's no sign of hope here. Um, and, and so I'll, I'll I'll take LSU minus 14 and a half. Tyler. Yeah, I don't have a huge breakdown here. I'm I also lean LSU 14 and a half to me is a little too expensive for my blood. But we'll mention it. Too much gone from Purdue. LSU's efficiency stats have been going up and up and up this year. And uh, I lean LSU 14 and a half. Okay, fair enough. We'll skip that one. We go to the Rose Bowl. The granddaddy of them all. Oh yeah, uh, Utah, what a matchup! The the Pac twelve championship or champion Utah uh, Utes Pac-12 minus two and a half champion. point favorites here versus Penn State. Of course, the the third place team in the Big Ten. Um, I love this is going to be a really exciting matchup. I think you're gonna ha- there, there are some injuries, a couple opt outs, but nothing crazy. Um, I think that 
like I, I actually like James Franklin in this matchup, but here's the thing is that Kyle Whittingham has one of the best bowl records of any active coach in college football. He does great in bowl games. He's really good at motivating his players. The Rose Bowl is a big deal to Utah and to Kyle Whittingham. There's a lot of teams like Ohio State last year played Utah, and yeah, they won. They gave up a lot of points, but the Rose Bowl has lost meaning as far as Big Ten and Pac-12 schools go because, frankly, it usually means you didn't make the, the college football playoff. It's like a consolation. Penn State, I think, is excited to have the opportunity to play Utah based off where their season was. Of course, they went 10-2, and two, lost to Michigan and Ohio State. But to me, like... Utah is the favorite here. Um, the, you know they they are back to back Pac-12 championship uh, or Pac-12 champions. I like how their offense is run. It's not as as deadly of a defense anymore. But to me, like this Penn State offense has never been great, and they've had so much time off that I actually think it's it's a bad thing they didn't get to play in the conference championship game. It's now going to be like six weeks between games for them almost. Um, I like Utah here minus two and a half. Tyler, do we have a bet board game? No, I also like Utah minus two um, and a half. Half. I look at efficiency stats and I see two very, very equal teams, but I look deeper at what really came through this year in big games. And I like, look, Penn State's record looks good. Okay, Ohio State, Michigan losses. Besides that, right. they won every game. But I think the optics of that will override a lot of people's opinion, which should, be, which I think should be they didn't show up like they should in other games or were overrating like when they went to Auburn and won. That, that during that game, during that week, that looked like a lot of a better win. Then at the end of the season, you look back right. and they go, oh, Auburn, okay, that's not that great of a win. So I think everyone's overreacting a little bit right now with Penn State, but everywhere I look this game, I see angles that get diminished. It's going to be a very close game. Um, Utah, great offensive line. Penn State, great defensive line. So when I, wherever I look, it's like everything that one team does well, the other kind of doesn't. Um, Football Outsiders has Penn State's offense 25th, Utah's 15th. So I think that people don't think about Utah having that good of an offense, 15th overall. Very impressive. Defensively, though, Will, Penn State's good. Football Outsiders has them 5th overall, Utah yeah. 17th. So I don't love this game. I, I, I'm i going to go with Utah, but uh, I think it's going to be a really, really close game. Probably one of the most entertaining ones of the entire uh, season, but uh, we'll go Utah minus uh, 2.5. Yeah, love the matchup. Uh, now we're getting into the real nitty-gritty, Tyler. We're getting into the playoff matchups. Tyler's wrangling our, our pet mascot, Layla, right now. Um, she's she's dangerously close to pulling cords out, uh, un- unhooking mics and, and headphones. So Tyler's got to get her wrangled and back into her spot. But we, we do love Layla. She's the best. Um, we start with the Peach Bowl, the number one Georgia Bulldogs playing uh, Ohio State, basically hosting. This game is in Atlanta. Hosting. Um, at, the, at the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium in Atlanta where – Georgia is extremely comfortable. They played the SEC championship game that year, or, or this there this year. They were there the previous year. They won the national championship game there last year. It's basically a home game for them, especially compared to Ohio State. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I know you have a really in-depth breakdown for this, Tyler, but to me, this is all about eye test. It's that I felt like Ohio State uh, coasted through the season by having superior talent against the teams they were beating. Uh, they they got outplayed even by teams they beat, but they had superior talent, and that's what got them through. I mean, they were outgained against teams like Northwestern, uh, you know, Michigan, obviously, Penn State. They had like like Maryland teams that 
that are lesser teams compared to them, outgaining them on the field, frankly, outcoaching them, but they didn't have the talent to compete, and Ohio State would break away because of big plays made by their star players. That is no longer a thing against a team like Georgia. They don't have better talent than Georgia. Yes, they have an explosive team, an explosive offense. If Ohio State comes out and plays amazing, they can win this game. I just don't I don't see it. They have Travion Henderson uh, is not playing. Jackson Smith and Jigba is not playing. Now, you do have Marvin Harrison. You have a ton of talent on offense, but I just don't see it. I think that Georgia, you know, when I look at it from an eye test level, they're much more physical. Georgia's star defensive lineman who's the best in the country. I'm blanking on his name. Um, he's amazing. I think he's going to really tear things up and make a, a lot of of disruption for C.J. Stroud. I think this Georgia defense is just going to say, we're going to man you up one-on-one and make you beat us. And frankly, I don't think they will. I think Georgia cruises in this game and hammers them. I'm taking the Bulldogs minus six and a half, Tyler. Yeah, so um, you know I have Ohio State plus seven and a half. Yep. And my goal is to uh, manufacture a couple teasers to where I have Georgia minus a half going into this. So I'm that. That's my approach. That's what I think is the most profitable approach, based on what I see in the pattern of distribution for the outcomes of this game, and the way I see this game going. Now I'm a lot more willing to uh, look. I'm higher on Ohio State than Will is. Maybe a lot of you out there are because that Michigan game left a lot of people out there with a bad taste in their mouth. But I want to take a second and, and go back to what I said earlier in the podcast that overreacting to individual games is not a good idea. Now, I'm talking about Ohio State-Michigan. When Will brought up the idea of Ohio State doing this over and over, that's where I understand his handicap, and he's saying they haven't done this all season long. But a lot of people... Look, (laughs) Ohio State closed minus nine that game against Michigan. Yeah. Like, it's not like that was expected. Everyone now... This is exactly, in my mind, what happened last year with Alabama and Georgia, where we saw the SEC championship and everyone had their mind made up. Oh my God, look what we just saw. Alabama crushed Georgia. There's the answer. And I don't think that's the answer. What we saw is Ohio State get pushed around in one of their only big games this season. And I don't think they even necessarily got pushed around as much as Michigan had five big plays they capitalized on. Like That was one of the few games this season where Michigan could say the big play won us that game. For sure. And I think way too much is being made of that individual game. And I just want to ask everyone out there, including you, Will, if, and I know it wasn't close, right? That's part of the overreaction, in my opinion. But let's say, hypothetically speaking, on a, in a different multiverse out there, uh, Ohio State won the game. What do you think the spread is going into the next game with Ohio State and Michigan on a, new, on a neutral field, right? Because if it was minus nine in the first game, let's take away home field, so it was really minus six. So what would you say on a neutral if Ohio State won that game? Maybe minus seven, maybe minus six and a half, depending on how it looks. Right. My point is, though, it's around a touchdown. Now everyone's acting like it's crazy that they're an underdog. And... What you have to understand is that, like I said earlier, just because they won the, the 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 initial game kind of going away, Michigan did, that's not the answer. That's not what would happen if they replay over and over and over. So, look, I was really surprised with the over-under of 62 this game. And it seems high to me because I think a lot of this game comes down to can Ohio State score? Like, can Georgia, or can they move it on Georgia? Because I think Georgia will move the football, and we'll get a little bit more into that, because I have a, for both playoff games, a real specific breakdown. But with the implied score of Georgia winning 34-28, the market thinks Ohio State will be able to move the football. So my power rankings have Georgia, number one in the country, at 30 points better than average. But Will, I've got Ohio State, number two in the country, 
at 25 and a half points better than average. So they're four and a half points better on a neutral according to that. Now, I'm willing to give some room, some leeway for like one or two points adjustment, but let's quickly talk about my number, four and a half. Why do I have Ohio State right now over Michigan? It's for the same reason we just talked about. Same thing I opened. This is not me being stubborn. This is not me digging my heels in. This is me sitting back and saying what the math says. And there's no way that a nine-point favorite just after one game should now be an underdog going into this game. And we said it last year with Ohio or with uh, Alabama, Georgia. I'm saying it again this year. So we can use that down the road and talk about that game. But right now, just so you know, I would probably adjust both picks or both those teams down to where I would probably have Ohio State maybe minus one and a half against or so Michigan. against Michigan now on a neutral. Yep. But keep in mind, that's a huge adjustment from Massive. minus six right. the first time. So that's where I'd have it. So anyway, I wanted to kind of go off on that a little bit and talk about that. So to me, it's not crazy to have Ohio State number two. To me, they're the second best team right now in the country. Uh, and I'm going to stand behind that. So... Uh, one more note before I get into this. All four quarterbacks in the playoffs had remarkably, so interesting, similar numbers when they were being pressured. So it was really, really easy to, to identify their numbers. They followed the 80-60-30 rule. Here's what that means. Almost identically, all four quarterbacks uh, in the playoffs have 80 dropbacks against pressure. Well, 80 dropbacks where they've been pressured. In those 80 dropbacks, all of them have thrown right around 60 pass attempts. And of those 60 pass attempts, they've all had right around 30 completions. Wow. So similar stats, but you can now see what did they go for? Were they in the red zone or not? So it's easy to compare quarterbacks based on the pressured stats, which I found to be very, very convenient. All right. In my handicap here, I want to start off with Ohio State defense against Georgia's offense. Ohio State's defense, as we know by following them, they improve massively throughout the season. Their efficiency, their efficiency, as I see on a week-by-week basis, skyrocketed about halfway through the year. And about week seven or so, Ohio State didn't drop out of my top 10 efficiency rankings. Football Outsiders has Ohio State's defense eighth overall and third in first down efficiency. So I want to buck the narrative. This is a one-dimensional team. They have a very, very good defense. And let's talk about a couple players on that defense. Edge rusher, an all-around chaos machine, JT... Tuiamalolo. Thank you, Will. And linebacker Tommy Eichberg are the highest rated players according to Pro Football Focus, but their best pass rusher is Zach Harrison in true passing sets, meaning they line up, he gets a good rush on the quarterback in a pass where it's actually uh, they, they, the quarterback uh, attempts a pass. 77 pass rushes, 17 total pressures. That's 22% of the time he's getting pressure. That's great with a total win rate of 29.6%. That's like that's what NFL scouts look at. Right. That is elite level. And I think that what's more impressive is other teams know that's what he's going to do. When he's on the field in those situations, he's pass rushing 97% of the time. That's a huge number. That's all he does. Yep. So he's successful when they know what he's going to do. Ohio State, I think, is going to be able to pressure those guys up front or at least bring pressure with those guys up front. That means if they blitz Ohio State it won't be to cover up any deficiencies because that's where teams get into trouble against Georgia, where they're getting schooled on the ground. They're giving chunks up on the ground, giving chunks up in the uh, in the air. So they either have to bring a- another blitz, another uh, player on the blitz to stop the run, or another player on the blitz to try and get to the quarterback, and you're sacrificing players in the secondary. I don't think Ohio State has to do that, 
but I think they will do that. And Ohio State this year, getting pressure on the quarterback, number third most efficient team. And here's the thing with Stetson Bennett. You look at those numbers I talked about earlier, it's not about the blitz for Bennett, it's about when he brings pressure. Listen to these numbers. This season, adjusted completion percentage, Stetson Bennett, when he's not blitzed, 76.1%. When he is blitzed, 76.5%. It actually goes up a little bit. Nice. When he's pressured, 63.8%. And when he's not pressured, 78%. Wow. That's a huge drop-off. Now, what you're going to find is that's pretty consistent for all these quarterbacks. It's not like that's something huge for him that when he's pressured, it drops that much. But that's a huge key to this game. So the question is, can Ohio State bring that pressure? Can they get that pressure? And everything I see says, yes, they can. So I think of it that... Look, they're 12th right now, Ohio State is, in pass efficiency this year. And I think that the, the one of the keys to this game is when Ohio State chooses to bring pressure, when they do get to Stetson Bennett, do they have the secondary to slow these guys down? And I know we didn't see it in the Michigan game. But one thing that really sticks out for Ohio State, Ronnie Hickman and Lathan Ransom are very highly rated in the, in the uh, uh, pass defense. They can stop the, fast, the, the, the pass. They can defend the pass as safeties. So they let the corners work, middle of the field's covered. I mean, I think it comes down to can Georgia run it enough dominantly to cover this spread? And I'm not so sure it's seven and a half. That's the case. Six and a half, it's a whole different story. So that's where this comes down to for me. Can Georgia run the football? Now, again, I think so because Ohio State is really elite in those pass rush stats. By the way, they're number one in standard down sacks in the country. But they're 22nd in stuff rate, 21st in standard down line yards, Ohio State's defense is. Can that type of a defense and a team stop Georgia running the football? Probably not over 60 minutes, but I think enough to keep it close. Uh, Georgia is elite offensively, as we know. So let's not ignore that. They've ranked fourth overall this year in football outsiders. They're fifth in the country in touchdown rate, but 14th in first down efficiency. So So they rely on big plays a lot. And... You may ask yourself, okay, well, where does Ohio State's defense rank in that category, giving up big plays? They're third in the country. So I kind of like that matchup for Ohio State. Now, we didn't see that against Michigan. They've had an easy schedule so far. Does that does that matter? Probably. Does it matter enough? We'll see. Um, Georgia's offensive line actually ranks a lot lower than I would th- than I would have thought before I kind of dove into the numbers. Uh, you would think Georgia's O-line ranks like top five, top 10, at least right. top 20 in a lot of the stats, but they seem to average in a lot of these numbers. They're 21st in opportunity rate, which isn't bad. 37th, though, in power success rate. Uh, 66th in opportunity rate. It's like, these are not great numbers for a Georgia O-line that I think should ha- be dominant in those categories. So look, I still get it. Georgia's good. They're great. They're elite. Fourth in the country in... Uh, yards per play, <laughs> seven yards per play. That's great. But interesting matchup. And I think Ohio State's defense actually is not getting enough credit. So that to me is a big part of this game is I think Ohio State's defense is going to play better than people think. So it comes down to the other side, Georgia's defense against Ohio State's offense. Uh, speaking of yards per play, which I mentioned, Georgia fourth in the country at 7.0 uh, yards per play. Ohio State number one in the country at 7.2 yards per play. So we know this, right? Elite offensively. Uh, we, we like This isn't anything new to the college football fan. Um, by the way, they're third on Football Outsiders offensively. And like Georgia, they rely on the big play. 16th overall in uh, uh, big plays. And Georgia actually ranks 24th on defense in that category. So remember how I said, how does Ohio State match up in that category? They were third. Georgia, 24th. 
Again, different schedules. Does that play a part potentially? But those are just the numbers. Now, Ohio State is missing a few pieces, but my power rankings incorporated that. Okay, Smith and Jigba, whoever it is. But you also have to remember, a lot of those players missed several games during the season. So yep. it's not like they just got hurt last game and they don't right. know how to play without them. Ohio State's been doing this for for quite some time. Marvin Harrison's back. They're deep at receiver. I don't think that's going to play a part. And I've been consistent in all these games where Maryland's missing receivers. Uh, I mean, all, all these games where it's like they're missing two, three guys. I'm not going to cherry pick this game and say this is going to matter with the receivers. Right. I think that it's going to be the same thing, especially with Ohio State in the extra time. Um Georgia, though, is going to be the best defense Ohio State's seen all year. That shouldn't be a que- uh, like like questioned here. That That's a fact. We wondered about Georgia's defense after last year losing so much, but they finished the year fourth overall yeah. in my efficiency ratings. Incredible. Number one overall in Football Outsiders defense ratings. That should tell you all you need to know about this Georgia defense. Number one in touchdown rate, third in the country in drive efficiency, but they're 86th in turnovers. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? It's a great thing for them. They don't rely on turnovers. That's not a bad stat, actually. Right. That's a good stat. I talked about Stetson Bennett under pressure. It's kind of the same idea for, for Stroud, but even more of a factor. So he has to stay clean. He can't be pressured. And I think Georgia will be able to pressure him, right? That's why I'm buying back Georgia minus a half. I see some variants going the other way. But if I had to pick a, a side here, I'd probably lean uh, Ohio State plus a six and a half. The Lions moved well out of my comfort zone. But I think a lot of this comes down to can Ohio State run the football? Can Ohio State's defense show up? It's a great matchup. I can't wait to see this game. Uh, no bet board. But I'm going to lean Ohio State plus six and a half here. What if we bumped it to seven? <clears throat> Would that be bet board territory? Would you take Buckeyes plus seven if I was willing to give you a half point there? Give you the push? He's thinking, folks. Let's circle back. We're going to circle back. Yeah. Okay, we're going to put. We're going to pin pin a note in that one. Pin that one. Um, yeah. Look, I just think that Ohio State stats are great. Uh, they basically played like you know three teams all year. I, I do think that they're a little bit inflated based off the teams they were playing overall. But, look, you make a lot of good points. It's, I, I, I don't think it's impossible. Ohio State is so talented that nothing – it wouldn't really surprise me if they played well. But I, I really just believe that Georgia – Kirby Smart has shown over the last couple of years that when, like, the chips are on the line, when everything is, is there in these big game moments, he does very well. He excels. I think Georgia probably blows that, you know, uh, destroys them. Frankly, I, I think they're going to win big. But if you want to make to to go seven, we can make it a bet board game. Um, we'll circle back after the next one. The VRBO verb uh, they call it verbal. I've always said it's VRBO um, Fiesta Bowl. Michigan seven and a half point favorites here versus TCU. Look, I'm a Michigan fan. I can go on and on all day. The, what this comes down to to me for TCU, who's had an incredible season. They're much better than even I gave them credit for throughout the year. I kept saying, this is going to be the one they lose. This is going to be the one they lose. Then I picked them in the Big 12 championship game, and they lost to K-State. But can TCU stop the run? Because they play a three-down front. a three down. Uh, they have three-down linemen on defense. That's not a, a great matchup for a Michigan team that can roll out five offensive linemen. Sometimes they roll out six and two big tight ends. And, and those guys, are they want to run it down your throat. And the teams that they've struggled to run against are not three-down line teams. I mean, they're teams that, that stack the line and, and, and force you to, to win every single block like that. I think Michigan's going to be able to run this game. I think TCU is extremely dangerous. Um, I think Max Duggan is an absolute 
a baller. I think he's a gamer. He breaks games open. The most dangerous thing about him is that he can extend plays with his legs and then find an open. You know, Michigan uh, defensive back could backs could completely lock down a TCU receiver, but then he starts scrambling and things. You know, things get weird in those big play potential. And so I think that as long as Michigan doesn't allow TCU to hit any giant sixty yard touchdown passes, they keep everything in front of them and they force TCU to earn it in the red zone. I think Michigan wins this game and I think that they are able to run the ball and win easily. Um, but I'm, I'm super nervous, frankly. Like. TCU just has magic this year. Sonny Dykes is a very good coach. Uh, I think that that Max Duggan presents a lot of problems, and Michigan's going to have to be able to create pressure with the pass rush, which they've struggled with over the last few weeks. So uh, I'll take Michigan minus 7.5 because I think ultimately they're able to run the ball and keep TCU from breaking off big plays. I also have Michigan minus 7.5. This is a play for me. I am disappointed you didn't take TCU. This is one of the games I thought we were going to have. You know I love to bet against Michigan. I think the place to start here is no real injuries or opt-outs. Uh, I know Blake Corum's out, but uh, right. you know he, we've known that for a while. We had Donovan Edwards, though. Uh, power rankings. I had Michigan third in the country at about 24 points better than average, and I've got TCU seventh at uh, 16 points better than average. So I've got Michigan minus eight without any adjustments here. Let's start off Michigan's offense against TCU's defense. Uh, Michigan's offense, for the very first time, they can do pretty much anything they want to. They're very diverse. And I look at some stats. They're 22nd in the country in yards per pass, but they're also number three in play action success. They're number four in the country at rushing the football in terms of uh, efficiency. So I see a team here very, very good, very diverse. Uh, J.J. McCarthy having one of the most efficient seasons so far in college football, 20 20 touchdowns, three interceptions, and uh, total offensive efficiency is number six in the nation. I think Michigan's offensive line is going to dictate so much this game. TCU on the defensive line, they're 72nd in the country in standard down line yards. Like They get pushed around in the Big 12, and they can't get pressure when the other team wants to throw it. 77th in total sack rate. So I think what we have here is an elite offense in Michigan with elite pieces playing a really, really, really good football team whose defense is just going to be in over their heads. I think when it comes down to it, defense defense is what separates teams who belong here and who don't. I think Michigan absolutely has that defense, which is why they're going to give TCU a long day. We'll talk about that in a second. But that's why I say teams like USC, uh, uh Tennessee, I've been saying this all year long, they don't belong in this conversation because their defense can't handle games like this. And I think TCU is going to fall into that trap. Uh, Michigan's offensive line rankings, fourth in the country in passing down line yards, 16th in standard down line yards, 20th in sack rate. I think this is going to be a very, very dominant performance on the O-line for Michigan. In the secondary, TCU doesn't have anyone rated above 84 on pro football focus. And just to give you an idea, that's unprecedented. We've never seen that before in a playoff game in the playoff era. So a lot of good players on defense, really good players who rely on the scheme that I think is going to get picked apart by Michigan. Um, Sonny Dykes has come out and said they want to make J.J. McCarthy beat them. He said that, very clear about that. And if that's true, I expect to see a heavy dose of man-to-man. What happened last time we saw that against uh, Michigan? Ohio State. They played 77% man-to-man. As a result, they got burned big. So you're telling me TCU is going to approach the same way that Ohio State tried to because that's their only way to succeed here. But they're going to be successful doing it? I don't think that's the case at all. I think that's going to be a... a, very long day for him. And frankly, we'll talk about it in a sec, but 
it's crazy to me. This line is six and a, or seven and a half. Yet the Georgia line and Ohio State six seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Like or, or it was whatever six, six and, and a half. half right? yeah. And this is seven and a half. These two games are wildly different for me. That's why I'm thinking about making it a bedboard game with you know on the other one. I see that being a lot closer than this. This I see being the blowout of the playoff games. So uh, let's get in a little bit further on uh, Michigan or excuse me. TCU's offense against Michigan's defense. Uh, Football Outsiders has Michigan fourth overall on defense. TCU 12th best offense. Michigan is second in the country game at uh, yards per game allowed, and TCU's 20th in yards per game. We all know about the Duganator. Love this guy, Dugan. The Duganator. Uh, look at his stats. You know he he definitely belonged to be in the the Heisman category. But looking at the team stats. I kept waiting for something to stick out. Why is TCU here? What am I overlooking? Maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something I'm not seeing. But no, I mean, their explosiveness is good, not great. Their O-line is average, above average if you look at advanced stats. And look, before TCU fans start going off on me for saying their offensive line is average, look at the stats. According to Football Outsiders, 48th, or excuse me, they're not better they're not above 48th in the country for any of those categories I like to look at. This is yeah. not a team that's good in any one place. So I think, again, kind of like on offense, this is a case of Michigan's defensive line is going to be superior. They're going to exert their will. 60 minutes is a long time to play football. I think that 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 seven and a half points here is uh, very, very comfortable here with Michigan. So I see Michigan going with more of a zone approach this game, letting their front do the work, letting the pass rush sort of do the work up front, and they're comfortable doing that. Uh, Michigan ran zone defense third most in the Big Ten this year and are the most efficient team in doing so when they choose to run zone. So like I said earlier, I think TCU is outmatched. I don't think uh, they're going to keep up, and we'll take Michigan here minus the seven and a half. Will's got the sneezies. The second sneeze came back. Yeah, second um, sneeze. It was delayed. Yeah, look, the only thing that makes me nervous is we just haven't seen a lot of Big Ten versus Big 12 matchups in recent history, and sometimes it's hard to gauge where those conferences stand. I think the Big 12 was so much of a deeper, better overall conference than the Big Ten, but maybe didn't have the dominant teams like, like the Big Ten has, and so like that's what makes me nervous is that I don't really know how to gauge TCU compared to Michigan because they don't have a lot of, of similar comparables, but ultimately I think they get the job done. Tyler, do we have an alternate line bet board on Ohio State and Georgia at seven? Oh, gosh. Well, Ohio State, Georgia. Uh, let's that would, go. That would be two bet boards. Yeah, let's go ahead and say... Bed board. It's a bed board game. I love it. I got Ohio State plus seven. By the way, a live check-in on the uh, on the AutoZone yeah. Liberty Bowl, yes. which of course is a bet board game. Arkansas is now up twenty-four to seven. We're in mm. the second quarter. Mm. So again, they're a lot in the of red time zone. Left. They're in the red zone. A lot of time. Uh, Arkansas is. Oh, my computer says Kansas second and eight on the nineteen. Oh. Okay, maybe mine hasn't updated then. But look, either way. Well, maybe mine hasn't updated. It's a hot start. It's a hot start for me. Yeah, take it. Take it. In the game, I do need it to. If I win that, then I'm down two games. We still have a game left tonight, so I need some help. So the bet board games we got. uh, We got two more today. We have Ohio State. I got Ohio State plus seven against you. Yep. And I've got what's the other one? Uh, USC. I've got USC minus two. You got got Tulane plus two. Green wave in the at in the Cotton Bowl. So I love it. Great. What do they say in uh, Tennessee? Yee. 
They say that in lots of places, not yeah. just Tennessee. That's but true. I bet they say it in Tennessee, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited. But look, looking forward to these bowl games. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Uh, give us a five-star rating wherever you listen. And we'll see you next week after the uh, after the playoffs. <laughs>